Hi guys and welcome back. Obviously this is um, part two of our season seven review of TNG. Uh, so obviously this we're going from uh, Sub Rosa straight through to the series finale, all good things. Um, so we'll kick start off with um, Sub Rosa. Um, the Enterprise is visiting Kaldos, so Dr. Crusher may attend her grandmother's funeral. Also attending the funeral is an unknown man whose appearance mystifies Crusher. Beverly Sue learns the same man was her grandmother's lover. Oh, this episode, ooh. It's infamous, isn't it? Yeah. I actually find some interesting things with it. It's still not a great episode, but I found some interesting things in there, some interesting issues to deal with. Hmm. Go ahead, sorry. You can can talk first, that's fine. Um, Because it's later on in my notes, but I think there's some interesting, weird issues to deal with. The Gravestones in the Century references other well-known science fiction films. As one of them says Vader from Star Wars franchise, whilst the other one reads as McFly from Back to the Future franchise. Oh, this one Jamie thought I was mad at when I told him about it, but when he watched it, it's like, oh yeah, you're right, Si. There's a continuity error at the start of the episode as Troy's saying she'll walk Dr. Crusher back to the house, but she can be seen in the background when Captain Kyle is talking to Governor Maturin? To the, the governor of the Connolly. You thought I was nuts when I told you that. And then you watch Epson, who's like, oh, yeah, you're all right. Yeah, yeah, she goes, she stays behind. Beverly's not there. And she's in behind the background conversing with people at the funeral. And then the next scene, she's with Beverly. It's like, well, if Beverly left, then you would have gone with her. I, di- I, I didn't even notice it. So, that was yeah, it was really interesting, that was. I'm going to go to the deleted scenes, and I'll go back to what I think's going on in this. It's a bit weird. Um, there are some deleted scenes where... Um, an ex- extended eulogy scene. I told Joan about this before, and it's a bit weird about her grandmother's love of cooking, including her shortbread recipe ingredients, which is a bit like what? Okay, random. An extended chat between Beverly and Troy after the funeral, discussing Jack. An extended uh, what's the guy's name? Um, the housekeeper guy. Quint. 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 Uh, Quint. Uh, Quint. Cemetery scene uh, where you get a bit more explanation about how he knows about Ronan, which is, was nice. It was interesting. It's just like, oh, yeah, I know more about what's going on than you see in the episode. Now, this is a bit that is interesting that I never picked up on before. I think that Ronan's enacting emotional abuse over Dr. Crusher um, or coercive control, uh, similar to well. the episode uh, Man and the People. It's it's not really just Beverly. It's pretty much all of the Howard women throughout the. Yeah, but we yeah. see it happening to Beverly. To Beverly, yeah. And yeah. I think there's a certain degree of addiction. It's kind of addiction to drugs in there as well. Yeah. Mm. I think so. There's an in- there's an interesting thread going on in the background. It's a bit like, like we ever we all get so distracted of oh isn't it funny she shags a candle. Sure, that is funny, but it's the whole cursive control, emotional abuse that we just negate because, oh, isn't it a kooky episode? Mm. Which I think, yeah, it's not great. But I think it's important to notice that that is going on and we're kind of laughing at it when we probably shouldn't be. It is just, it's not quite as bad as some of the episodes we've reviewed. 
I don't no. think because it is it has got that funny quality to it, and you got you got very irked out by the kind of the acting in it. Let's say. Yeah, I'll I'll get on to that in a minute. Um, I've done all my facts, Jamie. You can go and... um, So I'll start with what I liked about the episode. Um, I think it gives Beverly some good character development as we find out her grandmother was a healer, which is probably what inspired Beverly to become a doctor. She likes the shortbread. Huh? She likes the shortbread. Yep. (laughs) I like the subplot (laughs) about the colony's weather power systems needing to be fixed, and that links to the main plot. I thought I liked the colony is steeped in Scottish heritage and culture. And despite a terrible script, I think Gates McFadden gives a good performance. This is where, you know, the problems kind of come up. Again, you've mentioned about the continuity error with Deanna and Beverly. This episode yeah, that's, that's the weird... thing that once you see it, you can't unsee it. No. Um, this episode just has a, oh, it has a weird, creepy vibe to it. So, like, when Ronan's touching Beverly in her sleep, but she tells Deanna about it and says it was arousing, it's like... Yeah, he's, he's got effectively groping you in your sleeve. It's just disturbing. It made me feel uncomfortable. And also, why would Beverly want to read erotic accounts of a native experience with Ronin? Yuck! Just, oh, no. And then it's just like the idea of an 800-year-old um, ghost, like, like romancing one family to stay alive, just felt was kind of silly and also weird. And like she become, Beverly becomes her grandmother's... Like, go, you know, gets together with her grandmother's lover. That's just like, ugh, icky. I I, mean, I love the fact that that um, actress that played the grandmother actually got a line in it. Yeah, I just don't worry, Beverly. I'm not. I it's good, you know. It's like I what? Just, oh, <laughs> no, no, just ugh, icky. I mean, I, I I get that the episode when when Beverly talks to Deanna about. It, I do I do I do like the fact the episode acknowledges that it is strange, but it's just, it just goes beyond that. It's just oh no, just. Ugh, icky, I, I feel like I need a shower now for talking about it. Ugh. Just no. Um, the messages that I got from it, um, again, it taps into the theme of family again with Beverly, find out more about her mother and about her nan. Uh, again, as you say, has themes about emo- emotional emotional co- coercion and abuse. So Ronan forcing himself on Beverly and manipulating her emotionally. Again, this is a, one you've brought up before. If you find yourself in a toxic relationship, get yourself out. Although, again, it's not always easy, as we know. Um, don't manipulate others. It doesn't end well. So Ronan manipulates Beverly and she ends up having to get rid of him. What about you? What did you get? Similar lines. There's no need to resort to violence. Treat people how you'd like to be treated. There's something wrong. Take action. Things aren't always what they appear. Blood is thicker than water. Everyone deals with loss differently. <laughs> don't keep secrets. Don't get addicted to drugs or ghosts. I don't, I don't know. Um, don't read family journals, especially if they've got erotic buddy entries in there. Don't manipulate people, as Jamie said, and don't make fresh decisions. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I have changed my views on it slightly because it is that whole thing of the whole subtext behind it. Yeah, it it does it does have more more depth than I previously thought, but I just it, it I just find it very uncomfortable watching it. Not not on the same. Yeah, level I I know you've you told me endlessly about it. <laughs> yeah, just no, just. I, I I just implore people to not just take it at face value and just sit there laughing. Just look at the actual subtext behind it and actually go. There's you know, more to it. Yeah, yeah, there's more to it, and it's going on 
in the real world out there and it's not a laughing matter I think it's yeah this is a sci-fi thing on it and it's the infamous old Beverly shagging a candle story but it's it's no way changed my opinion on it I, I I'm not keen on it but I think that's such an important thread to pull on that I think it needs to be raised over the fact of, oh, isn't it yeah. fun and silly? And <laughs> it, Yeah, I mean, it needs to be acknowledged. And again, I, I, it's something you pointed out to me that you picked up on. It's like, you know, and you, you said that to me. And I was like, watch this. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it is there. You know, it's, you know, that, 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 that kind of said that theme is running throughout the episode. And it's, it's disturbing. It really is quite disturbing because that does happen in real life as well. So I, I think I'm that's you... my implore from it. Let's say it's, it, this doesn't happen I'm very glad you often it up, si. in our, in the episodes where we actually and going, yeah, this isn't great. I think the other time I can think of is season one where it's kind of don't look, don't watch it, but the story in Code of Honor is actually all right if you don't look at the god awful decisions they made um, in producing the I thing. It's we... that whole thing. There there are episodes within Next Gen where important things are in there you've just yeah, got to think... ignore the fluff and actually look at the real story and just go because mm. I think I think you said to me that, that if you take with Code of Honor if you take out the visual stuff mm. the, the plot is sound it's, I think it's, what, Mich- it's probably... what Mission Log said it's that whole thing and I just feel like with Sub Rosa you need to look at the subtext rather than oh isn't this stupid like yeah sure great but what's actually going on in the story rather than yeah each every episode of star trek has got a theme has got an idea even the ones we really don't like there's something there's always something normally in there so no that's fair enough son i completely agree with what you're saying it's yeah that's just a very odd thing and it's just i i don't know it's just like yeah sure it does it does deserve the oh isn't it silly episode sure it does deserve that but I think that more should be said about that subtext then what then what's previously been said agreed definitely because that's a bigger issue than it was probably when it was aired and I think that if it gets if that issue comes to the forefront more even if it comes through in a silly episode I think that not a bad thing I, I don't know uh, I don't know again it's a very mixed message in a way mm. but you do ha- kind of have to dig for that message because it is cluttered in between the isn't it fun isn't it silly yeah it's, it's not an episode I must admit that I really found fun watching it, it was silly but I, I was just more weird and creeped out by it and, but yeah I say partly because of the themes, but I think it's important to explore those kind of themes. And Star Trek has tried to do that before, you know, not really always successfully. But and in this case, I'm not quite sure again. But I appreciate them attempting attempting to, to, to you know um, explore a sensitive and difficult, a potentially really difficult topic. Again, probably the way they've done it, probably not really done the right way. But hey. But yeah, the, the episode is not great. It is silly, but it, I think it deserves a little bit more merit than it gets. Definitely. 
when you think of it in that context, definitely, yeah. Should we go into something that's an awful lot more successful? Oh, definitely, yes. Next episode, uh, Lower Decks, which I'm putting up. Same here. Do you want to read this one? Okay. A promotion is nearing for one of a group of four junior officers aboard the Enterprise. Meanwhile, the Enterprise is undertaking a secret mission. The true purpose of which is unknown to the four friends, though each of them has a part to play in this critical event. Uh, just yeah. a classic next gen episode. Absolutely. And one one that is very unique and in terms of how it's done and it's not I say not been done again, but uh, yeah, um Voyager ruined it, but yes. Um well, yeah. Um <laughs> I don't I was actually thinking more like, you know, the animation lower decks itself, but yeah oh god good shepherd, oh don't that episode oh no. Oh god, forget that one exists. Um yeah. Just, as Simon said, classic next-gen at its best, you know. It, so, you know, it focuses on the perspective of junior officers. It gives you a really unique insight into it and how they view their own day-to-day. And it's, it was wonderful it's bringing back Cito Jackson as well. From First Duty, yes. a brilliant move, yeah. It, it was just a nice mix of having new, old and newer lower deck officers. So, obviously, you've got Nurse Gawa, Ensign Cito, as you said, and then you get... Um, new officers Sam, Torek, and Tim Forward, Barstaff, Ben. Well, can I talk to you about um, Ensign Turek? Because that's an interesting case. I'm not sure how much you yes. know about this case. He 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 could be the identical brother of um, Vorek in Voyager. Well, it's yeah, twin brother of, of Ensign Vorek. But what's interesting is he is played by Alexander Inberg, who is Jerry Taylor's son. Oh really? Yeah, that's how he got. Oh, that's that's cool. how he got the role. Oh nice. Well, he was very good. He was very very good. Did he? Did he also play in some work as well? Yes. Ah, makes sense. And, so the twin brothers get same actor, why not? And the shuttle Curie was last seen in Parallels. That's the only fact I got that remains that's of interest. Well, should you get for the episode? That, that that's all the facts I've got. I've, I'm now on to three M's, but. Okay. Um, well, for me, what I liked about this episode, I've got about 11 points. Um, again, I said about the whole focus on the junior officers um, and a mixture of the new, old and new ones. Um, excellent performances across the cast, especially from the junior officers. Makes you come to care about them. Um, good character building from previous episodes like um, Alyssa Ogawa and especially Edson Cito from the first duty. Great writing from this episode with the three M's that have depth. I mean, one episode character so you actually come to care about and which you can see again. Although you kind of do with Nurse Agawa. Um, and Turek. Turek? Well, like Vorik, like you see him again, oh, yeah. effectively. Because he does um, say play the same character kind of thing. Um, I like the mystery setup of what the Enterprise is doing near the Cardassian border. Makes it more intriguing as we look. Uh, we are looking at it from a junior officer's perspective. So, like, when there's, like, a meeting in the observation lounge, we don't actually get to observe that meeting at first, do we? It's like, yeah, I think it's just quite interesting. Um, clever how the junior officers are involved in some way in the mission without being directly involved. Um, episode has an impact from instances from first duty, especially when Picard talked to her about her character and also the Bajoran and Kardashian enmity during the occupation. So obviously that kind of set, setting up DS9. Um, Aceto says... Um, uh, Aceto says when the Kardashian, he's sick of war and... Um, he replies, oh, I never thought a Bajor would risk her life for a Cardassian. 
Um, I love the mirror in between the junior and senior officers playing at different poker games, discussing what's been going on about the promotions. Um, again, the ending, very, again, spoiler alert, everyone, but I think everyone's probably seen this by now. Um, very sad ending with Ensign, I think her name is Cito Jaxa, I think yeah. that was her full name, losing her life, but she does her duty in Sousa Cardassian. I thought the, the speech Picard gives at the end informing the crew was just really beautifully done this is um, the, i think I love... this is the bit that i cried at i did cry at that end scene that yeah. is the one that's like i'd really get quite sad and teary and things with that one so, really same same here kind of with like with dark page um and i love the last moment when wolf joins the junior officers it's crossing that divide between them as they all walk together by it's what death. it reminded me of was the scene in this you're gonna love this reference friends the museum cafeteria Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's the kind of the historians and the kind of tour guide people where they all kind of... Oh, yeah, was it the um, the white coats, stub coats and the blue blazers? Something like that, yeah. And that reminded me of that kind of thing because I think they're kind of roughly the same time period. Uh, yeah, but, well, Friends was 90... uh, That would have been, I think it was a few years later still because I think it was season four when that happened. So it would have been a few years after next gen, but yeah. Absolutely, I can definitely see the parallel there, yeah. Who knows, maybe Friends even got the inspiration, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Doubt it, but yeah, it's just, I thought, like, that's what I immediately thought of. Yeah, just, uh, episode just works on every level, and it said, just, I think having Ensign Cito back, I thought was just really well done. And again, it, it would have been nice if she had come back. I think, again, and I may be wrong in saying this, and yes, I know it's not technically canon, but I think there might be a a book where she doesn't actually die she was actually captured because star trek literature those people that you think have died actually haven't yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but i think there is something out there like that i'm not i don't want to say 100 percent for certain but i think there is but it's it's very sad and you know i think the episode works i think it's sad that she you know you'd want her to live but i think in a way her death brings the episode up onto another level that makes sense does that make sense yeah yeah um so what did you uh what did you and i didn't find anything wrong with this episode nothing at all i said it was it was perfect for me um what did you find for the messages you always have a choice the needs of the many outweigh the needs of one or the few peace is where they go help can come from the most unlikely places this is the Kardashian guy you aren't privy to all the information Cherish the time you have with friends and family, you never know when it will be gone. Everyone deals with loss in different ways. Every decision you make has consequences. Don't give up so easy as a solution to every problem. And you have to be ingenuitive. That's everything. Uh, I got, so the notion of role models and who we look up to, we don't want to let them down. So you've got Ensign Cito and Worf, Agar and Beverly, Torek with Geordie and Sam with Riker. Um, duty and experience is important in becoming promoted, so as the episode deals with evaluations and promotions in the workplace. Romance at the beginning of relationship can make you blind. Oh yes, this is also the beginning of where they start caring about nursing. Andrew, was that thing you brought up about? Yeah. Yeah, as I was, as I was saying, like, a rod thread where they started, br- br- like, making more of Nurse Agoa. This is a bit... Strange, because again, I think that maybe works into um, all good things again. I think that's all what they're all it was all about. Mm. 
It was, didn't you also say something about that it's, it was possible that her boyfriend was cheating her, but Beverly and that never mentioned yeah. her? Yeah, well, you, you hear it in the, the poker scene. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I always read that as I think I don't think it was. I think but, I were. But, well, but, well, she ends up getting married to him anyway, didn't she? So, <laughs> um, married? No, so I think you... she gets pregnant. Yeah, she gets pregnant. She gets engaged, I think, as well. Sorry, not married. She gets engaged to him, though. Yeah, true. Um, the choices you make say a lot about your character. As Picard says to Cito uh, about her helping to line cover up what happened at the academy in first duty. Everyone deserves to, everyone deserves a second chance and to make up for past mistakes. So referring to Edson Cito, and perspective is everything, and you can can give you a u- unique insight into a situation and what other people are thinking and feeling. That's what I got. Yeah, just an episode just put up as a no-brainer for I think for both of us. I, I think I just realised every episode so far we've put up the same ones, which is unusual for us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, next episode, so um, thine own self. Um, so Data's shuttle crashes on a world inhabited by a primitive race and his radioactive cargo disrupts his ability to access his memory. Data wanders into the nearest village carrying the case of hazardous materials with which he unwittingly contaminates everyone. Um, and also you've got the whole subplot of Diana taking the bridge officer's, of bridge officer's exam, isn't you? This episode's grown on me over the years. Mm. It's, a, it's a really good one. I like it. It, it. Again, it's not one I'd put up, but it's a nice episode. I like it. I've always had done. Uh, there's a reference back to disaster um, when Deanna Troy is taking command. It's nicely Beverly in command, but I would like to have seen it, uh, her do it sooner. Um, I like the transparent Enterprise D schematic, uh, schematic Troy uses study from, which I think comes from the TNG technical manual, manual book. Um... There's the latest scene where Gina names Data after a character in a child's story, which echoes in the themes of the episode. And Patrick Stewart's limited appearance is due to his one-man production of A Christmas Carol in London. Oh, wow, yeah, I did I did think it was interesting that he wasn't in it as much, but I didn't actually mind. It's like it's nice that the other uh, characters get a chance to a bit more airtime, but that's interesting. Um... I got for this, so for this what I liked. Um, again, you said about Beverly being in command, the reference to Troy on uh, Disaster. Uh, I think it ties into the secondary plot, obviously, where Diana taking the test to get the commander's, commander's rank and the bridge officer's test. Um, excellent performance from Brent Spiner in the main plot where Data loses his memory. Um, I thought it was a funny scene with Diana and Riker where he briefly communicates with her using his trombone. Um, and I thought it was a lovely friendship between Data, or as, as he's called, Jaden, and the daughter Gia, played uh, really well by Kimberly Cullum, who actually won a Young Artist Award for the episode. Um, in terms of messages, I've got scientific fact is based on empirical evidence, not just observation, as Data says to the teacher, Talar. To be in command and save lives, sometimes you have to make difficult choices. It's like asking a crew member to put their lives in danger where they could die. Um, and I kind of got the vibe with data kind of the, the, the plot of like he's kind of like Frankenstein's monster or Edward Scissorhands who's, who is seen as a freak but he actually helps people that's that's what I got from it what about you um I've done all facts it's three M's now if that's alright yeah of course I just said my three M's so yeah ah. yeah 
Um, there's no need to resort to violence. Treat people how you like to be treated. Things aren't always what they appear. Things aren't. Don't, things don't turn out quite how you imagine. If there's something wrong, take action. Don't play on people's fear. Everyone makes mistakes. Uh, logic always wins out. Kind of what you're saying about scientific facts. You can always help people without even re uh, even realizing it. Don't give up so easy, easily. There's solutions to every problem. Every decision we make has consequences. Yeah, it's. I feel it's kind of a bit underrated, really. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's 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 not one that you know one that already stands out in terms of like, oh my god, so memorable. But again, I've I've always liked it. And I think like like you just said, I think it's it's a bit underappreciated. I never quite got so, it when I was younger. I will I will hmm. say that I never quite got it when I was younger. I think maybe I found the bit with half a data's face torn off a bit scary. Maybe I think. Mm. Um, but the episode's grown on you. Yeah, yeah. I think that Deanna getting gaining promotion, I think, really adds to it for some reason. Mm, agreed. I think I, I do like. I'd say I do really like the subplot. I think it's really well done. Um, onwards and upwards. Next one. Yep. Masks. Studying an ancient comet, the crew become aware of strange objects appearing. The comet is revealed to be an archaic artifact of an alien civilization. Civilization. Soon, data is transformed, exhibiting a number of personalities from the artifact, alien artifacts. Yeah, um, one that I wished I'd done more with. Yeah, this is. I, 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 I'm still not massively keen in this episode, but it's not bad. It's okay. It's, it's just a very, very strange one. Um, that's kind of silly in places. Like, to be honest, I think. I, I think it kind of feels out of place in Star Trek. Well, I say TNG, but I'll just say generally, it's just a very strange one. But now, I, 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 can I, I raise I, this I, question with you? It's only just occurred to me, but you may come up with a, a response. Would it fit more with Voyager, or would you say that I did it better with um, the Seven Nine one? Um, you, I think you did say. I think you said you prefer the Voyager one. Yeah, I think so. I, it, Probably, oddly enough, I think he probably would have worked better in Voyager for some reason. I don't know why. Or but yeah. maybe is it should it have got the same treatment as Gambit? Should it have ended up in DS Nine? Just mm. just exchange this thing and just say Bajora and whatnot. Maybe. I just it's just a very. I just I, wish I, they'd done more. I wish there was more characters in there because you get about five. Yeah. And there's word that there's thousands in there, and we get five. It's just a bit like, and, we, and to be fair, we only hear from about one guy for like three quarters of the episode. It's and I, I think I liked it more this time. I I still don't love it, but it, it's yeah. It, yeah, it, it's trying. It's something very different to what kind of Star Trek's done before, which I appreciate. But it's just a very odd episode. It's just. It's it's a bottle show, Jamie. I think that's that's the thing with it. It's it. This one really was. How the hell can we it, save an awful lot of money with true, it? It's true, but again, I'm not as bothered by that kind of thing. Like I said, some bottle shows of Star Trek can be really, really good. It's just and just like the end showdown with Data and Picard wearing the masks. It just it was just it just looked ridiculous. I know I know there was a point to it. I get what they were doing, but it just I don't know. But you know, having said that, I think as you pointed out to me. Brent Spiner's performance with the different voices was fantastic. I thought that was brilliant. 
Um, I thought it was interesting that the episode focuses on symbols and ancient civilizations. And one thing I will really, I also really like that stood out. I thought the music was really good, so it matches the tone of the episode. And I thought the set pieces were good as well. So I just, yeah, it, I didn't mind it. I don't love Mars, but it's not bad. It, 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 I think, I think it was a bit better than I remembered. But it's just a very, very strange episode. That's really the only way I can really describe it. Well, you're forgetting the... the main real point of this. Eric returns from liaisons. Does he? Yeah, he's in it. Well, I know he's in. I know he turns up in Firstborn as well. He's in it. I can't quite remember where because it's been so long, but he's in it. Must be very brief then. Was he like in the background or something? I don't. Can't remember for God's sake. I can't. It's been like two weeks ago, Jamie. Really? Yeah. I can remember stuff from like a month ago, and I thought my memory was bad. I'm just joking. When you what? Thing is, guys, when you watch all these episodes, particularly how Simon had to, and if and especially if you're not looked at your notes since then, you, you're gonna forget things. I, it no, it was just, a I'm, very small scene, but he is in it. If I I would have noted, I wouldn't have noted it down if it wasn't a it obvious wasn't true, thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that the artifacts tractor beam uses a Borg tractor beam sound effects. Uh, the Rogue Comet special effect was created by Santa Barbara Studios, who also rendered the comet in the Deep Space Nine opening credits. And the melting comet shot was reused in the Sutter Voyager episode Death Wish. There's also some deleted scenes where Ten Forward food and drink transformation opening scene with Geordie, Wolf and Riker... Predictably, where the food changes and Geordie and Riker hate it, but Wolf enjoys it because TNG, because they always do that. Observation Lounge information recap extended scene, an extended bridge speculation, speculation scene on the purpose of the Arco's takeover of the ship. Um, as ever, Wolf explaining he thought it was a weapon because TNG. <laughs> always going for the aggressive uh, route isn't he yeah i am so glad i wrote extra notes for this year i am so glad that i know it hasn't covered everything but i'm glad i've kind of got the measured of it because i would have been completely 100 percent lost with my well, little notes thing, i think the other thing as well that helps with the episode now i've got to give credit to you for this size when you're saying think of it not in terms of like it's ancient civilization but think of it as it's an alien entity and i think that did help did round it a little bit for me, I think, but it is still just it's just an odd episode. But uh, the messages I got from it was, um, I know you got literally two things: symbols and artifacts can tell us a lot about a society and culture, and it's a solution to stopping Masaka and the alien civilization from taking over the ship. And um, it's very frightening uh, losing one's mind. So as Data says to Geordie when they're doing a diagnostic on these systems, he has the equivalent of uh, multiple personalities disorder so it touches on the mental health you always have a choice if there's something wrong take action help can come from the most unluckiest places if you want help want to find something out ask a question you have to be ingenuitive every decision we make has consequences you can tell how bothered i was in this one it's a bit like oh no just those i struggled a bit uh, this is i yeah. i don't mind it again it's not as bad as i remember in previous years but um, I say it's it's really there to show Data's acting shock. What I think was interesting is he was saying that he was really looking forward to have a break 
after thine own self. I've got the script for this one, and he was a bit like, oh, guys, I can't do this. And one Wait, of the, yeah, one of the writers or production team was like, oh, we believe in you, you can do this. Because he was going, how the hell do I come up with personalities for these people? Like, I've, I'm, 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 I'm done from, like, thine own self, and you want me to do, you want me to do another show on top of this. But he managed to come through from it. So it's, yeah, it's just, you know, double data episodes back to back, right? So I thought that was a very interesting tidbit from the special features. So yeah, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, I feel that's a bit underrepresented as well. Again, I think most fans have Jamie's view in it, and I think in some ways I agree with it. But I think that it's seen upon as a bit of a kind of folly. Just like oh, isn't that a quirky episode for the sake of it but I think if you think of it in terms of ancient Egypt or Greece or something like that it makes a stance like more sense than oh isn't it alien oh and the kind of because it's you know the clear patch of the kind of that vibe to it but I think where it falls down is that we don't get enough of it and we don't actually have a clue what the hell the um, art of uh, the the society is. Yeah, that's the real kicker with it. If we actually understood it in some form, it would click more. But because there's that no yeah. kind of clarification in there, and not it... it's not enough of it. I mean, a bit of mystery, as you told me, can be good sometimes. But you need to have the right balance. And this episode, I thought, it just doesn't have that. And the, the deleted scenes wouldn't, I don't think, would have saved it. None of them really added much to it. Uh, that That's where I think those fall down. That's where I think it. that's where the problem lies. Is There's not enough voices in it. Uh, all we needed from it was a bit more exposition from one extra or a few more voices from Data. And... Um, would have worked. And something shoved into the computer somewhere that kind of, or something on the tricorder that kind of, an exposition dump somewhere. That's all we really needed to actually understand it better. And I think they would have maybe got it. Would I don't think it would have been a spectacular, but it would have helped it along a bit. Mm, agreed. I think I, I don't know. I think well worth a watch. You just look at it a different way than you would have done before, and you might ease into it better I that's what I would say to it because I think that Agreed. that's what's helped me when I because well, as, as we over the years I've always learned that you have to kind of change the way you view something to actually understand it better and I think that's one very big case of it mm. I think um, are we yeah after that rambling are we ready to move on to one that I really do not care about yeah I have the beholder um, a young officer commits suicide by leaping into an energy stream in one of the Walkner cells. Trying to find out why, Troy begins investigating the last days of the deceased, but soon experiences an ex- inexplicable emotional upheaval. Uh, this episode belongs in Deep Space Nine. Um, it's a, it, oddly enough, I think it starts off. Oh, well, there is kind of a bit of a really kind of a big kind of. Floor, really within the opening yeah scene, which but... again I, I explained to Jamie and you just if you think it through for a second you sit there and go for god's sake 
I did, I did note it down as I was watching. It's like, but we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I think you know it's an interesting episode. But like Simon, just the solution to it, I think, was just very. I think it was very um, kind of. I just found it kind of convoluted. I understood it, but it was just a bit convenient. I just found it a bit convoluted. Wrong series um, for me. It's the wrong series. I, I thought it was a great start as it gets into the thicker things with the tension running high. I like how Data's situation facing problems when he was first activated mirrored Lieutenant Quan's and the no, uh, Lieutenant Quan, so the notion of being a problem being overwhelming. I think Diana's character is used well in this episode. She helps more investigate what happened to Lieutenant Quan. Uh, nice to see another part of the ship inside the cell tube, although I'm assuming that's probably a redress of something. No, um, I think that is actually an original set. Oh, nice. I believe um, so. I, I couldn't find... I I don't think I looked it out, but I don't... In my head, I don't think that's redress of anything. Oh, cool. Um, I thought, despite Wolf and Troy not really working as a couple, I thought it was good to see their relationship deepen. And I thought it was a funny scene in 10 forward between Riker and Wolf when he says he would never get in between dating someone Riker used to date. It was just... Wolf, just the way he was acting was just quite funny. Um... In terms of what I didn't like, as I said, the solution to what was going on seemed kind of silly and convoluted. And did you want to say this point, Sai? Because you brought it up to me. Oh, I'll get onto that. I'll say some of my points yeah. and I'll mention there, it there's, there's something else as well at the start, which again, yes, we know if it, it happened, there wouldn't have been a plot. But it's just like, come on, really? But Simon will explain that. Um, um, I, I agree. I, I love seeing inside the warp cells. You don't see that. That's not an everyday thing. The only occasion I can remember them doing it is the catwalk. It's the only other occasion I can actually remember them doing something like that. Oh, in, in Enterprise, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, oh, this reference Jamie didn't pick up on, but I thought it was very interesting. The Enterprise travelling to Barzan 2 is a subtle reference back to the Price episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, Barzan Warehouse, yeah. The Wolf and Troy romance reappears. I think that it doesn't work um, like Joey and Rachel from Friends. It's got that sort of vibe to it. And I think that some of the yeah. Utopia Panisha shipyard personnel are members of the TNG production team. But here's the thing that, logically, if you think about it, why didn't Riker just stun Lieutenant Kwan with a phaser? <laughs> like, Jamie said to me, like there is like a full 30 seconds of him staying there. It's like, you what could rubby just... tack him, you could phaser yeah. him, you could do many things in that whole time. And they do none of it. And again, it's once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's just a bit like... <laughs> I just let it see it too, thinking, oh dear, I shouldn't laugh, but it's not It's not funny that it happened. That, you know, it happened. It's just the fact that... It's just the fact that... It's just, just really bad writing. It's just like, yes, I know if it didn't happen, he wouldn't have had a plot, but it's just like, oh, come on, guys. I mean, you know, if you just had something like... I don't know, like he's like Riker's just coming up the stairs or something like that, and he says, "I'll oh, stop, I'll jump." You need to, you need to have Riker further away. That was the problem. I think you need to even have him having a away. security guard down on the bottom level stun the guy is Riker's distracting him or just like anything like. <laughs> but it 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 would have been actually more we are thinking of a, there is another way we could you could have dealt with it pretty easily. What's that? Beam him out. Yeah. Transport it like come on, there's no incident. Yeah. 
Because oh, yeah, if again. I remember, he's wearing combat, so it's not like you can find him, right? <laughs> do you know? Do you know? It it, it reminds me of um that <laughs> got a giggles now. Oh dear. Um, do you know, It kind of reminds me of a uh, vengeance fact. The vengeance factor. Rucker goes down and then he's like, instead of just beaming her up to the ship or whatever. Oh no! I'll just I'll just stun her and just kill her. It's like, yeah, could you just beam her up to the ship or something like that, or beam her to the brig? But no, we're not going to do that. It's just oh, yeah. good old Star Trek logic. <laughs> when there's a simple way, we won't do it again. It's the whole <laughs> force of nature thing, you know. Oh, we'll prove point. I'll blow myself up. What? Huh? Yeah. <clears throat> yes, we're Greenpeace and we've sunk an oil tanker. Huh? What? What? No, uh, that wouldn't happen. No. Um. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not laughing at what you're saying, I'm just laughing, it's just Star it's, Trek. Yeah, it yeah. just makes me laugh. Uh, I just, yeah, I, yeah, it's something I think I've known for a few years, and it's just a bit like, why, 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 why? But again, something else I didn't realise until Simon kind of pointed it out to me. I'm, I'm sitting there watching it thinking, well, I can literally stand there for must be literally 30 seconds, maybe longer. And these are things I've spotted for years and kept to myself. And then these come yeah. around and I always enlighten like, Jamie. He goes, oh, yeah, how did I miss that thing? Like, yeah, I, I it's... can't wait. I can't wait to find out if there's any deep space nine when we get around to doing that. Well, like... effectively, I have already done that. I have done a few of them. I say the stars in your eyes moment. I always love that moment. It's oh, a yeah. bit like... Um, but, oh god. Coming um, to a screen near you. <laughs> Kyra Pucker's resurrected Kyra Pucker. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, I think in terms of stuff and what I liked and did like, I think that's it. Um, the messages I got for the episode, um, <laughs> so. Do you want to go first? No, no, it's funny. Just like, okay. why didn't they just do any of those things? Honestly, just like, we're the smartest ship in the fleet, but we can't figure this out. <laughs> or, or you know, not lock, not locking the holodeck doors. You know, when in past cases you've done, especially in a program, you know it's faulty. Uh, we should, you know, we should actually do an episode of Star Trek where logic just goes out the window. But we could actually do a whole episode on it. Just point out examples and just complain about, yeah, yeah, why didn't you do that? Oh, that shouldn't have happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, God. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, um, yeah, the episode um, so it addresses the theme of suicide and looks into what can make a person take their own life. Um, you should look at problems. Um, as challenges to overcome, not obstacles to avoid, as Data says to Geordie when he was first activated. Um, and it's hard to lose someone you care about, especially when they commit suicide. It affects your loved ones. So I think uh, Lieutenant Kwan's uh, friend, uh, girlfriend, I can't remember what her name was. Ensign Galloway, I think. Oh, that's it, yeah. It kind of, you see a bit of an effect that it has on her. That's, that's what I got for the messages. What about you? If you need help, if you need support, ask for it. You always have a choice. There's something wrong, take action. There aren't always what they appear. Things don't turn out quite how you imagine. Life can change in instance. Uh, yeah, this is, you'll notice that I couldn't quite work out what to say with that one. It's either life can change in an instance or life can change in an instant. Stint, uh, ends in a T. So I couldn't quite work out what I was going with for that. I'm sorry. I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking. <laughs> 
also <laughs> Oh dear God <laughs> Oh sorry God oh, I'm still thinking of behind up for solution sake of darling Oh sorry God <laughs> You've really that's really set me off now <laughs> the Star Trek podcast that breaks down I feel like with Clive as well, that's funny. <laughs> Don't manipulate people, every decision oh, we make God. has consequences, everyone has Sorry. skeletons in their closet. Yeah, he's got some good 3Ms there, Si. What, the ones that you did here? <laughs> should we, should we um, move on to the next one? Uh should we move on to the next episode? Can really you? Could you like... Oh dear, don't. Uh, yeah, I, I hold it, it is an interesting one, but I do think I could dine out on all my weird observations that I've noted over the years. <laughs> I do think so. Like amount of odd things that I've picked up yeah, on I that think, like. Well, I definitely think we could. I definitely think we could do an episode. <laughs> like, actually, I think we should. I think there is something actually we could do. Oh dear. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Eye of the Beholder? Never liked it. I said it is. Uh, I'm talking serious things. I've actually now kind of got a hold of myself. It is. An, it is an interesting one, but it, I just think that solution to it. I just think it's just a bit. It's convoluted. I think was it like a, was it some sort of like I think it was like empathic echo or whatever it was. There was the explanation. Oh, it, it was, was just... the kind of oh well, he's one quarter telepathic. Oh, the other guy was three quarters of something. It's a bit like what? <laughs> this is getting too yeah. technical. Surely it would be ages ago. He's, he's Beta Z, he's something else. Knock yourselves out, like... But no, they go into such high technicalities of... Oh, yes, his great-grandfather had telepathic abilities. Be like, what? I think, I think, I think it's a case of they kind of just overthought it. Like, yeah, they, just... they over-egged it a bit, the, the kind of... Yeah. The explanation of it. I, I just never got it. It's, again, it's one of those stories I don't feel belongs in... Next gen, maybe I don't know. I, I'd agree. I definitely would agree with that. I think, yeah, it's a very odd one. Um, it it is as though some of these stories I do feel like they got mixed up with where they should have gone. Like, like maybe uh, like some of the stories should have ended up in Deep Space Nine. Some oh, of season one DS Nine or season two should have ended up in Next Gen, maybe. Yeah, I think you know, and you know, and a good example of where an episode doesn't belong fit for you would be definitely would be Gambit as well. That should be a DS9. I think, I think I have the Beholder is another um, another example. Example. Just change a few words, and I think you'd be good to go. But it just, I just, mm. it's never sat well with me. Again, that's what I mean. It's very patchy. There's periods where I, I love this season. Yeah. The tail end of it, I absolutely love, and then you go to the beginning, and there's, no, there's nothing on it. <laughs> First six episodes, and I think for you probably these next these these few that you've got. I think for me, really, it's just these few episodes. I was just a bit iffy with probably Sub Rosa, but you know. Um, should we move on to the next one? Uh, am I reading this? If you want to, yeah. Genesis. When Picard and Data return from a mission, they find that every inhabitant of the ship somehow mutated into more primitive forms of life. Some dangerous, others not. The cause of the, this condition is a virus which has now infected Picard. I've, again, I've Genesis. never got this one. I've never got it. 
Again, it is a, it is a weird episode, but I, I don't mind it. I enjoy it for what it is. It's it is an incredible one. episode. There is some incredible things in it. I just don't mm. like the story. Mm. I, 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 I read out what I say in my notes. I find it incredible only one person died in that. I don't get how all these de-evolved crew members haven't eaten half the ship. Good point. The only person that dies is the, the guy on the bridge. Hmm. Like, they are very well-behaved, the evolved people, but I imagine if most of them are in their quarters and their ship's um, damaged, they're going to stay there because they can't get out. That's the thing. You've got to think as well. You bring up a very good point, because particularly if you think of them all de-evolving into primitive states of themselves. Well, if you look at humanity, you look at some of, you know, like what, what Riker de-evolved into, a very, very violent and very savage you know they were purely driven by instinct by you know their their need and that was it everything else just you know rational thought didn't come into it so you know again you would have thought there would have just been more casualties it's great that there wasn't but if you want to have to be a bit more realistic then it doesn't really quite make sense what i, agree with what what saying, I didn't yeah. see beforehand is livingston um captain picard's lionfish evolves into jellyfish which is a fact i never knew before this year which, which oh really incredible. well yeah I, I told you this before and you kind of looked at me blankly all right yeah it's it's cool it's just i don't know just, yeah. i think the physicality of the acting so acting like animals is incredible I think the Great. the person that yeah. um, I can't remember her name, but Nurse Agar was acting in that. It's just incredible how she stands like an ape. I think it's just incredible. Um, that's why I think it's a great episode. What I just can't stand the story. Lieutenant Barclay's last appearance in Next Gen before he appears in Voyager. Um, Gates McFadden directs this episode, which is why she gets injured early on in the episode. Uh, I think that it's sweet that Barclay looks after. Sp- as a spot as he goes on to get his own cat called Neelix in Voyager. Yeah. And lastly, there's a deleted scene which includes some deleted dialogue on the bridge, which explains Wolf's absence when Riker goes to the bridge. Okay. Um, so what i got in terms of what I liked, it's not to have Barkley back again acting like a hypochondriac, <laughs> but the mild flu is actually the cause of de-evolution. Um, I think it's good to have a continuation of plot from Lower Decks with uh, Nurse Agar being pregnant and the mention of her husband, Andrew. I think it's lovely to see Picard go on an away mission for a change of pilot in the show because it doesn't happen often. I thought the episode was kind of like a fun horror-esque style episode, but especially when Picard and Data make it back to the Enterprise. I thought it was really... I thought the, the makeup for Wolf, Barkley, Troy and Riker showing the transformation of the crew de-evolving was excellent. Um, and I love that um, I love that Spot giving birth to kittens and Alyssa being pregnant is the solution to reversing the gene process in the crew. And I, re- I thought the ending was funny where with Beverly mentioning to Deanna that Barkley transformed into the spider and has a disease named after him. Deanna replies, I better clear my calendar for the next few weeks. That just made me chuckle. Um, in terms of the messages, um, again, family continues to be a theme in the episode. Both Alyssa and Data's cat spot going to become parents and it's a solution to saving the ship. And we humans all have basic uh, primate instincts, so it's interesting seeing how the behaviour of different life forms from millions of years ago. That's that's all I got. I really didn't get much. Again, I think I was it was probably more in there than I, I saw, but that was in there that I, I kind of got. But what about you? What did you get? There's no need to resort to violence. Everyone makes mistakes. Accidents happen. 
things don't turn out quite how you imagine. New technology is fraught with problems because they are doing that photon torpedo tests. If there's something wrong, take action. You have to be ingenuitive. Don't give up so easily a solution to every problem. Every decision we make has consequences. I struggled. I say I don't like the episode, so that's why. Yeah. If I'm I, I, being I, I, honest. It's a, it's a fun episode. I don't, I, I, I don't mind it. I don't love it. It's okay. It's enjoyable for what it is. But yeah, it's, it's, it's odd as well. And that, Bar that Barclay scene made me jump, you know, when Picard's in um, engineering. And you see the Barclay spire. It is just funny with the Beverly thing, you know, that she, she directed it. So you do have to get the kind of not really great Starship logic. Oh, mm. what's this on your neck, Wolf? She looks right down his... Uh, yeah. Mouth, like, oh, for God's sake, like. <laughs> we can have another one now. Lieutenant Quatley, last episode, bloody. Uh, the holodeck doors, that's another And it's, one. I love yeah. the Star Trek logic, you know, Nurse Gar and the station loans. Oh, yeah, I. I. Cryogenically froze her. She'll be fine, like. Like. Acid takes her face off, and it's just like, oh, yeah, next week she's fine again, like. <laughs> End of the episode, she's like, it's fine, like. Yeah, sure, Star Trek. Yeah, great. Ta da! Mm. I'm back. Yeah. Um, should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Am I saying? Um, oh, I'm pinning it up, by the way. Same here. Um, um, Jenny's I... end. Starfleet orders Enterprise to evacuate or otherwise remove a colony of Native American Indians who have settled on that isolated planet, which is due to be handed over to the Cassians according to a treaty which realigns the borders of both races. I, um, I really enjoy this episode. Brilliant, I've put it up. Um, I will say, I think the synopsis really needs to have something about Wesley because it's his kind of end of, it's like his journey's end, but you know. Um, yeah, this is, um, again, fantastic episode. And I, I, oddly enough, I, when I, before I rewatched it, I wasn't sure if I was going to put it up, but when I was watching it, and particularly the amount of stuff in terms of the messages, I thought, I've got to put this up. And as, and as you said to me, Simon, Simon summed it up perfectly. This is a fitting end to Wesley's story arc. It's done. It's, it's a really great end to his story arc. Um, it's Wesley's last appearance in Star Trek Next Generation before his cameo in um, Star Trek Nemesis as a USS Titan security officer. It's the return of the Traveller since his last appearance in the episode Remember Me. Yep. An episode which sets up Chakotay's Native American background. This episode also sets up the demilitarised zone of the MZ for Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and by default the Marquee. And finally, there's a deleted scene, which is Wesley's first encounter with Captain Card, which goes badly as he suspects something's wrong, and Wesley's not talking about it. Um, where Wesley oversleeps, that's why he's late for the reception -y thing. Ah, oh, okay. Is it a good scene? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, so for me, I said what I liked was it's again nice to have uh, Wesley back, and obviously you get Gullivec from the Voyage episode Caretaker and DS9 episode Tribunal, as we get a fitting into Wesley's story where he quits Starfleet Academy and goes travelling with the Traveller. Um, again, I like the fact, again as Simon as Simon rightly says the start of the Marquis Kardashian story um, that'll be picked up in later in season seven in DS9. Great setup here, which has a big impact later. Again, 
episode doing great references again. Uh, so the episode references back to Admiral Nechev and Picard's confrontational relationship in the past. So he tries to put her more at ease here, which, which again, is just really good writing. Um, I thought it was excellent performances from the main cast, especially um, Will Wheaton as Wesley. Um, I like how the two plots of the Wesley and Colonist the colonists blend together that helps him see a new way forward and i thought it was a good twist on the traveler turning up at the end as he was the native indian um was it lakanta i think his name was um again um do you want to do what messages you found uh there's no need to resort to violence you always have a choice the needs of many outweigh the needs of the one or the few peace is where they go if you need support ask for it don't um let history repeat itself. That's a good one, yeah. Help can come from the most unlikely places. The traveller, things aren't always what they appear. Things don't turn out quite here, imagine. Blood is thick in the water. Everyone deals with loss differently. You have to be truthful to yourself. Everything happens for a reason. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. For a long time since I've done that, said that. Every decision we make has consequences and don't manipulate people. Yeah. Um, so I also what I got I got like a quite a lot for this one. Um, diplomacy is the art of the possible, as Admiral Nechev says. In signing treaties, not everyone will get what they want. Communication and compromise is key. It's important. <clears throat> it's important to listen and understand everyone's perspective. So there's disturbing. I, I like the whole kind of historical parallels, as Picard says about Native Indian Americans being asked to resettle again from their home. That is. And, and protect their cultural identity so it delves into america's history so the planet has deep religious significance for, for the native um, uh, american indians um it's never easy to leave one's home the safe and familiar but sometimes to serve a greater good sacrifices have to be made but as um as the leader of the tribe says you know sometimes that price can be too high um traditions and history are important in a family and ancestors actions can help guide us to help someone, they have to want to help and figure things out for themselves. As Picard says to Beverly when she talks to him about Wesley, but also the Traveller says to him when fighting breaks out between the Cardassians and the Native uh, American Indians. Um, you have to journey alone. You can show someone the door, but they have to walk through it. <clears throat> Again, family plays a theme in this episode, so Picard's ancestor forced the Native Americans out and looks like Picard is going to do the same. Beverly's worried about her son, and Gullivec gets... This is a small thing, but it, it, it's something I picked up on. Gullivec gets his troops beamed out as he wants to avoid another war, as he lost two of his three sons and doesn't want to lose his last one. And the final thing I found was you have to find your own path and, and expectations, not follow and live up to someone else's. Because it occurred to me, watching through a Star Trek, like watching through Wesley's arc, I mean, again, I love the fact that Beverly mentions about season one the potential Wesley has she goes well maybe this is the start of your journey but what I love as well what I find interesting is I felt like throughout the whole series of what Wesley was doing like getting into Starfleet it all and I'm sure it's something he wanted to do but I think a large part of it was always due to somebody else that was the expectations that were expected of him you know his dad was in Starfleet so oh you know I've got it so do you know what I mean I think I think that was I thought was quite interesting. I think for you could just kind of get this notion that Wesley really wants to, but I think a lot a lot of it was built on someone else's expectations of him. Not what I don't think for him there was enough of what he really wanted to do himself. So I like the fact that the episode kind of was that a bit. I think the problem is the vo- um, 
Nemesis kind of ruins ruins it a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Correct me. If, is he actually in the film itself or in Nemesis? Is he actually in it, or is it just a, is it a deleted scene? Um, he is visible. It is visible, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it is kind of it. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's it's great having him there. Don't get me wrong. I think the only way I can say, see it is it's kind of gap year. He goes off for a gap year and then comes back and then joins the Titan. I think that's how I view it as. Mm. But it is a bit kind of. I think it's nice that it kind of parallels the same kind of journey. It's kind of a bit different, but what happens with Jake? Deep Space Nine. Mm. It is a very yeah. different kind of story, but it's nice that we have two young people yeah. that aren't going into it, and the one that you thought wouldn't does in terms of Nog. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's that notion of you know, Starfleet Academy is great, but there is more to life. There is more careers out there that you can do. So as you say, Wesley goes traveling with a traveler, learning about different species or whatever it is he does. And then obviously you've got Jake who becomes a writer. So yeah, definitely, yeah, that's something else I did actually pick up on. And, so, there's, yeah. and there's a certain parallel between, I think, Doctor Who, it's that sort of feeling to it as well. It's like a companion, like companionship. It's that sort of... Mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a classic next-gen episode, and I think... It, it, yeah, and you know, I, I think I think for me, because you know, I think I said years ago, I kind of always kind of looked up to Wesley as kind of like a bit of a role model kind of thing, you know, and like, um, and I think it, I think you know, it was just a really good into his story. Like, I know his character, I know they they you know, his character does get criticised, but I think overall, I think it was, you know, written him really well. And I think what I also quite like is the fact that, you know, he is. I think kind of that's where kind of first duty comes from. He does make mistakes. He's not this golden boy who saves the day all the time that people think. Yes, maybe in the earlier seasons, maybe sometimes that was maybe overemphasised a little bit too much. Well, but again, think... that's isn't that Gene Roddenberry's legacy though? That's what yeah, he wanted it true. to. Once he passed away, the freedoms were like the restrictions were um, lifted. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, and and as you and as you say, for for the, particularly those early seasons, I think I think what you said in season one, and yes, I know, it's like, but yeah, you remember this, Jamie, but I think you said it was, Wesley was kind of inspiration for kind of like the children watching the show at the time, as well. Yeah, I, I think that's what he was there for. He was meant to be, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I just I think it was just a fitting end to Wesley's arc, and I'm I'm glad they went the direction that they did because. Yeah, Starfleet's great, and and again, it's it's seeing that impact, even though it's it's not mentioned, there is impact from the first duty. That's when things started to go downhill for him. You know, he had to repeat the year at the academy. I think he lost his credits for that well, year. Again, isn't it fascinating that we also it's not much, not many episodes earlier that we had, um, Seta Jaxa, into Seta, yeah, as well appear. So we kind of have it twice over. It's kind of his. Um, mm. here's what happened after the first duty like here's you see the effect oh, you know, it makes you wonder if they actually if, if her and uh, Wesley got stayed friends or well it makes you it makes it interesting whether there was a moment where it's like oh yeah about that you won't guess what <laughs> I'm sorry to say that so and so just passed away doing this thing whether that that discussion happened at some point off screen Possibly, but again, it's 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 
it's season seven doing consistently well, not just in terms of building building stuff up for other series, but also referencing stuff past and building on that. Because that's what season six didn't do a whole lot of. Whereas seven done has done much more consistently. So, you know, um, is there anything more you want to say about uh, Journey's End? No, all being covered. Uh, right, so um, we'll go on to the next one, which is Firstborn. Um, as Alexander nears the age of decision, uh, Wolf grows concerned, grows worried that the boy will choose to shed his Klingon heritage. Visiting a Klingon outpost during a festival where they encounter a Klingon who calls himself Kimtar, a bodyguard appointed by Wolf's brother. Great episode. I'm um, putting it up, Jamie. Fair enough. Uh, I'm not. I don't get me wrong. I think it is a really, really good episode. But for me, it didn't, didn't quite reach. No, I've always had a special part, special place for this episode. And again, yeah. it's time travel, which I can never get enough of. And you know, it, and and, th- and and this, I think for us, for both of us, this episode is definitely underrated, yeah. isn't it? It's my first note in here. I enjoy this underrated episode, even though the events of Deep Space Nine kind of counter it in some ways yeah it's true i put i did put that down as a um a criticism but it's just like man it's such a good episode I, it's just we don't care it's like man you know star trek is is full of flaws in terms definitely in terms of logic as we discovered this season and you know continuity errors and yeah sometimes it will bother us more than than other times but it just it's such a good episode. I just it doesn't. But as me. you said to me, Jamie, you could argue that the events that happened to Kim to or old Alexander happen after the events of Deep Space Nine. So in some ways, we could argue it doesn't actually affect it. Yeah, true. Yeah, and you know, there's always that thing of we don't know what the future is going to hold anyway. So the, uh, uh, you can kind of probably explain the flaw, the the, the, the the error away anyway. To be honest, so. But yeah, I mean, it's not a contender for me, but it's a a really good one I've always liked it I've always thought it was a really good episode great quote cameo the Jurassic's appearances after past prologue which they say yeah. is I think months when it's actually a year but never mind Star Trek logic again Kim Tyler is played by James Sloyland who also played Admiral Jarrock in The Defector and there's two deleted scenes where um, a scene explaining why Kim Tyler built a holodeck program with a very bored Alexander and a frank talk with Troy in her quarters. And oh, yes, I'm forgetting, as you said earlier, it's Eric's last appearance. Yeah, because he, um, him and, um, comes to Wolf's daughter and he wants to, wants to play with Alexander, doesn't he? No, it's Alexander and him with water bombs. Oh, that's it. Yeah, big pardon, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, oh, um, is there anything else? In terms of trivia or anything? That's everything. Ah, you missed one. With James Stoyan. Who did you say he played? Well, Jarrett, but I knew you'd say the other one, so I left that to you, Jeremy. Ah, Not I didn't miss it on purpose, but I knew you, you, Ah. because you love it so much that I didn't bother putting it down. We've done this so Um, long that it's kind of... Over to Jamie. Um, Yeah, so, um, thank you, Si. Um... He also played um, the scientist Trell in the season one episode of Voyager. Um, I thought it was nice to focus on Wolf and Alexander as we find out more about the Klingons' like about uh, about uh, Klingons' life. It's, oh oh yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, it's nice to actually see a bit of Klingon society close up hand for once. Yeah, 
So you learn about Gintuck. So that's a trusted advisor to a house so much that they're part of the family. Well, in my, in my mind, it was nice seeing the festival, actually seeing it mm, properly yeah. and all the Enterprise crew joining in on it and that whole... Oh, I love the scene in that bit where it's just a bit like, that's not meant to happen as he gets knocked down by Alexander, all that sort of thing, and that... <laughs> I, I, just, I just think it's a wonderfully underrated episode that I think everyone just looks over because of the whole Deep Space Nine crap, but I think generally it's a nice story about a father and son and the kind of... the love in both of their hearts and then kind of yeah I know it's a kind of they really kind of in some ways don't get on I've never got on this is the first time they've actually it's the first time Alexander starts to kind of warm to his dad the yeah. Klingon I, or the culture Klingon way, yeah. and things I, I just think it's a very nice story and I think I think we said this before it's it has very unfortunate placing which means everyone completely overlooks it because everyone immediately goes to Journey's M because that's brilliant, of course. Then you've got Firstborn, which is kind of mediocre, and then it's left with this pile of crap that we've got next. This is, so everyone, it's like you've got best and worst for like father yeah. son. That's it. That is the thing. You have like father son relationships three times over, effectively. It's done a damn sight better than like, the next one. It's like Antiques Roadshow, like, best, better, like, like cheapest, that sort of thing. And it's that's yeah. what we get in it, like, brilliant, it's okay, and god-awful. <laughs> and then the mediocre's completely overlooked by the crap and the brilliant. And it just never gets noticed. And I just think it's an absolute shame, because I I really enjoy it. Mm. I said the placing of it is 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 unfortunate. I mean, like I said, I didn't put Firstborn up, but I, I, it is a really good episode. And it is it's, it is it is criminally underrated. I love the cameos. I love the ca- recognition. I love the cameos of Quark and the Jura sisters. I think that's a lovely addition. Where it's just, and I, I love the guy on the planet. Where it's just a bit like, yeah, they took everything. He's holding this like can, and it's like, yeah, they took everything. And he's like, pops on the ship. I just, <laughs> it's just just so fun, and it's just it. Yeah, I, the whole Jurassic thing at the end is kind of gets completely forgotten about the Nessa, but I kind of don't care. Mm. Where the whole well, they get well, captured and then it's a bit like, oh yeah, we'll let you go or whatever. Where it's just kind of where we get the Alexander and Wolf just talk. But, well, I just thought I thought obviously, as you say, it was a good link to DS Nine, as you said with, with uh, Quark and the uh, Jurassic Sisters. I thought it was a great twist of Kim Tar being an older Alexander from the future and a fitting end to Alexander's story arc. Or, of course, I can't count DS9. Um, good references, again, to Alexander's mother from seasons ago. So, like, how she wanted Alexander to be raised as a human. So, I think Walt said he's always trying to try to respect her wishes and kind of, I think, just briefly mentioned how she died. Um, what else? Um, the messages I got from this was obviously. You, f- you have the focus on family again. Um, it's up to the child to choose their own path. To truly understand, truly appreciate and understand your heritage, you should steep yourself in it, spend time with others. So in Alexander's case, spending more time with Klingons. It taps into the theme um, of the um, kind of uh, conflict between the human and Klingon 
kind of heritage from past episodes that wolf kind of torn i think kind of like alexander is um in a fight size isn't the most important thing skill and cunning powers of observation are more important appearances aren't important in forging friendships as alexander says to kim tar the cause of peace is a just one so um i like the fact you have alexander's future path would have been I think it was like a diplomat, wasn't it? And it's like, it goes against the stereotype of a typical clinger and always have to be warriors fighting. So I think I quite like the fact that it goes against that kind of stereotype. Yeah. That's, that's the what, what messages did you get? You always have a choice. Don't keep secrets. Help can come from the most unlikely places. So future Alexander. Things aren't always what they appear. Things don't turn out quite how you imagine. Blood is thick in the water. Everyone deals with loss differently. Everyone makes mistakes. Cherish the time you have friends and family. You never know where it will be gone. And every decision you make has consequences. It doesn't sound like much, but I don't care. No, it's, I think overall, I think for season seven, I think there's just... I don't think we found as much as previous seasons. But having said that... No, but again, it's, I think that comes down to the cast and crew are tired and have had enough, so... That kind of yeah. gone out the window. Yeah. Um. Next one. Bloodlines. Fun. Yay. Have fun. Uh, Picard receives a threat from his Frangi uh, adversary Bok, who we haven't heard from in like forever. Who announces his intent to kill Picard's son, Jason Vico, who we don't care about. Doctor Crusher confirms Jason is Picard's son. No, he isn't. And he sets off to track down the <laughs> young man before Bok carries out his threat. I just love you reading that the synopsis there by saying, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, um, again, it's nice referencing back again. But... Oh, we've had a bit of discussion about this. Um, oh, oh, just We came to the conclusion it's way too long after the battle. Yeah. We don't care about uh, Jason Vico. That's really poorly written. If he was better written or better acted, we would have cared more. Yeah, and I think really the... The problem with the whole episode is that in the end, you know, Jason is not his son, so the threat feels very unthreatening and just anti. Not to me, and and this is just what I found, and I think you know it's great the episode explores the notion of Picard being a father, but I felt that the fact he's not his son, it, it kind of lets Picard get off easy. It's like he's facing that complication that he's a parent, and then he's not at the end. I think it would have been more interesting if Jason was actually his son. So I think they kind of missed a trick there. Is it safe to say um, we're going to spend the shortest amount of time that we can do on this one? Probably, yeah. Um, what I would say that I did like about the episode, and there's only a couple of things, uh, good character development for Picard, finding out more about his past and being in a relationship with Jason's mother, Miranda. I actually thought she got some... I know she's off-screen character, but I thought actually she got some good character development as well. Um, I think it was nice... Um, that the episode referred to Park, the pub, her park, park, but Picard and his father's past. And they were estranged uh, because Picard wanted to do different things, and he and his father never made up before he died. He doesn't want the same thing happening with him and Jason again. I think that references back to family. I think it's kind of referenced in that, isn't it? When Picard and his brother they talk about their dad, don't they? Yeah. So again, it's it's again it's referencing things back from before, which just it's just done really, just done brilliantly this season. Um, yeah. Um, I, I also thought it was good again, a good reference in the battle episode from season one. But as you say, it's like why too late? It's far too late again. Um, 
and I think really out of the two episodes, I think the battle's probably better. I still that episode still has issues, but I'd rather watch that than this one. But you know, and as you said, the whole thing of it's not really his son. It just the episode just doesn't work. Just doesn't work. Um, Box Probe is a redress of the skate pod used by Rogadena in The Hunted. Mm-hmm. Just a different paint, just painted differently. Lee Ironsberg Ar- takes over the role of Buck from Frank Constantino. And I, I, as we were saying, the episode is kind of in the wrong place. And I think the events are similar to what happened in Suddenly Human. Which, yes. which probably plays into it a bit more. And for last week, there's a deleted scene where Jason tries to dissuade Buck from killing him as he thinks Picard doesn't care about him. It's just unnecessary. Yeah, it's just, yeah. And, nah, it's just just not an episode that just just doesn't work, unfortunately, on really any level. It's a shame because I think the the potential was there, particularly Picard said Jason was really Picard's son, but it's just... No, it's just eh. 3M? And as you say, hmm? uh, yeah. Um, what were you going to say? What, was, what were you just about no, to say before I interrupt? No, I was about to say it myself, but you go ahead, sir. What did you get? Uh, you always have a choice. Treat people how you'd like to be treated. There's no need to resort to violence, revenge in this case. If there's something wrong, take action. Things aren't always what they appear. Things don't turn out quite how you imagine. Everyone deals with loss differently. Cherish the time you have with friends and family. Every decision we make has consequences. Don't you have to be ingenuitive? Don't manipulate people and play with their emotions. Yeah, um, things happened. I've got, got four things. Uh, so you've got the notion of family. They don't always have to be blood related. So Jason and Picard aren't father and son. But Jason asks him if he's anywhere in the system again. Maybe you could visit. This will never happen. Um, revenge poisons your mind and it isn't worth it. So after 15 years, Bok is still trying to make Picard pay after all this time for the death of his son. You cannot put a price on a, on a life and you aren't born to be a parent, but you pick it up as you go along and patience is key. That's, that's all I got. Next one? Yeah, um, it's safe to say I'm putting up the next three. Uh, I'm not putting up this one, but I will be putting up the last two. Um, do you want to read that emergence? Because you quite like this one. The crew discover a strange modification of the ship's circuitry, one which seems to be trying many desperate circuit, uh, uh, dis- separate systems. Dispar- to get... Disparate systems, yeah. It, similar sort of thing. When the uh, ship's systems take missions to protect, them, uh, protect the ship from anomaly, truth becomes clear, and their intelligence is taking over the Enterprise. Jamie will notice that I kind of paraphrased it and changed stuff because that doesn't make sense either. Yeah, I think with a few of these synopses there, I think, the, like the, I think it was Mars. I mentioned the word artifact. Was it? No. Uh, um, Gambit, whichever pie it was. I think they mentioned artifact like three times. Jamie knows yeah. that I really spent quite a bit of effort contemplating whether to put this up or not. You really did, yeah. Do you want, me to, do you want to tell, tell the people out there what happened? Um, I think, oh, that was it. Yeah, you said something along the lines of all the ones we've put up have all been quite serious ones. And normally every year you'd like to put up at least one fun one, don't you? Yeah, and I thought this was yeah. this. And yeah. and one thing that I found online perfectly summed up why. I don't, um, Brandon Braga, just, uh, 
desire to create one more holodeck episode, which is considered the ultimate holodeck uh, show. And I think you couldn't get more next gen if you didn't do a holodeck show, so I kind of had to put it up. Because they also considered doing a, a last Dixon Hill episode. But I think... Oh, really? An ultimate holodeck episode. I think it's just quite a cool thing, and I just want, I did want something fun. Um, interestingly, the, there's no new sets used. The train set is reused and redressed from the film Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> Paramount standing New York City set was used as Keystone City, which you may have seen in uh, a piece of action. Um, stock footage from the classic film Murder on the Express, Express was used for the train. Uh, Patrick Stewart played Prospero on Broadway a year later in 1995. Um, oh yes, it, it also appears as though Starfleet has standard issue poker chips. And I'm not sure whether that actually was meant to be in um, Lower Decks. If I, again, if I've got that in the wrong place as well. I do, I do this every year. I add notes and they're always into the wrong episodes. Eh. I think with that one, because that's in there, although it should be in ages ago, because if you look, the junior officers also have the same poker chips. Well, I see. Yes. Yeah. I think it's safe to say, which what happened is they filmed one scene. They filmed, say that again, sorry? They have the same poker chips. As a senior officer, yeah? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Sorry, you said that before and I, you, you cut off a bit there. Um, <clears throat> and it's safe to say they just filmed one scene and then just reused them in the next one with the junior officers. But, yeah, I thought that was interesting, although it's not really apparent. For... I, maybe I did put this in because they are, I think, doing... No, I think they're just doing cards. I can't remember. Mm. I, Either I've got confused or there are poker chips in here and they are the same ones. I just can't remember because it's like forever ago. So do what you will with that information. It's just interesting. Um, you got anything else? Fact-wise, no. Um, yeah, you know, obviously this episode, I've got to be honest, before I watched it, I, I really couldn't remember much of it at all. Which, in terms and... of reviews, is never a good sign. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, I've watched it. Um, what did you think I thought of it? I would say you liked it. Correct. Because it's, quir- it's quirky. Yeah, I, f- I, I didn't put it up. I, I, ju- it I just think it episode. sums up next gen. It's, it, what they it's, say, a... it's what they say at the end of the episode, where it sums up their experiences, and the thing that comes mm. out of it is them in a nutshell. And I think it's a nice way of ending this show before it gets serious again with Preemptive Strike. Yeah, you again. This is an episode I think that was needed. You needed this episode, kind of like um, again. I know we've got no yonks before we do it, but when you get to DS Nine season seven, you get that like, bada bing, bada bang. This is kind of similar thing. You needed a fun episode towards the end, so you enough. And it was, you know, it, it's a really fun episode. Yeah, you might seem a bit silly, maybe a bit strange, but I, I liked it. I like I like the concept of it. Just kind of. The Enterprise itself, like being a life form, I just love that whole idea it's of it. It's something Nixon's dealt with multiple times of kind of AI. Yeah. And it's just like, well, why not end it with that? Like, done everything it's, it's, else. Like, as I said, it's wacky and quirky, but in a good way. 
So, um, again, I like the idea of holodeck programs converging into one another. So the train rides through Data's Tempest program. Um, interesting idea about the Enterprise itself creating a life form. It's with computer becoming self-aware. I thought it was an interest, intriguing mystery setup of why the sh- ship jumped into warp and saved the crew when it did. I do think it's hilarious Wolf made to shove coal for, like, hours <laughs> on. Yeah. Um, I thought, again, it's a fun Ultimate Holodeck episode, which is needed after a lot of serious episodes. Again, as you said, this feels like a classic TNG episode of discovering a new life form and trying to communicate with it. And I like I like the interactions with the different characters on the holodeck or on the train. Um, in terms of the messages, uh, I found a few. Um, Even at the end of an era and start of a new one, for anyone, one final act could bring hopefulness for the future. Picard says today to about uh, Prospero's character in Shakespeare's A Tempest. It taps into the idea of technology, so in this case, the Enterprise for Q to become a life form, an AI. Objects can uh, be assigned a human emotion to them, so the train the train in the Orient Express for Beverly has a romantic, mysterious quality to it. It's an elegant way to see exotic places and where you can meet fascinating people. I think that she kind of says to Picard. Um, consciousness is more than the sum of its parts. Treat life forms no matter what they are or how they look with respect. Um, and cooperation is the key to understanding um, and uh, and solutions. So when they work with the life form instead of trying to hinder its efforts, basically. That's what i got. What about you? I'm going to say what I've said a million times. You always have a choice. Help can come from most unlikely places Enterprise D this time. Always stay positive. If you want to find something out, ask a question. Things aren't always what they appear. Oh, that made me laugh. The amount of times they tried to get on without tickets and get um, hustled out and that sort of thing. That was hilarious. It takes them like 20 minutes to get tickets. I know. I was going to say, that happened to them like two or three times or something like that. Uh, things don't turn out quite how you imagine. A problem shared is a problem halved. Every decision we make has consequences. You have to be ingenuitive and don't give up so easy as a solution to every problem. It's, yeah, it's just nice. Just a nice, fun episode. Just kind of not serious. Just like that you needed. It, it was needed. I think you know. I think one thing that Next Gen has done a bit better in the last few seasons is again putting these fun episodes in better places. Like season five, the cost of living. That that was needed, and I think this is another example. That and kind of probably liaisons, I'd say. Um, should we um, move on to the well, the penultimate episode? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, which is a preemptive strike. Um, the Enterprise receives a visit from Admiral Nechev, who delivers Picard the message that Starfleet intends to use Ensign Road to infiltrate the market, although in this case she's actually a lieutenant, but, you know. Um, she accepts the mission, posing as an ex-Starfleet defector and gaining the acceptance of the marquee. God, the, the blimmin' summaries of these are really badly worded. Um Again, this one, I think, as you said earlier, size going up for me. I'm definitely. I found loads in this. Yeah. Um, Just, oh, what to say? I mean, so um, it sets up more of the situation along the. I say sets up more of it, but kind of, it's kind of in conjunction with DS9, isn't it? Always, I'm always a bit iffy with the timings. Um, well, again, if you bear in mind, one of the episodes earlier is set during a uh, century, so it's like season two-ish. So it probably would be... Okay, so it sets up more of the situation along the demilitarized zone with the Cardassian border as we encounter the Marquis, which is kind of starting in DS9. Um, 
Nice to have Rogue back as we find out where she's been. Great character development for her in this episode. Like she's been in advanced tactical training and has been promoted to lieutenant. Um, it was a fitting end to her story arc of joining the Marquis, despite what was originally planned for her becoming first officer in DS9. Um, it makes you wonder what happened to Roe when the Marquis were destroyed by Cardassian and Dominion. So probably either, either she died or maybe she was put in prison, maybe. Or maybe she even helped fight with the Federation. Who knows? Um, I thought it was an excellent performance from Michelle Forbes, especially when she was wrestling with her sympathy to the Marquis versus her loyalty to Starfleet. Uh, there was a good follow-up from uh, the Journey's End episode with the reappearance of Gullivec and Admiral Nechev. I, I especially love this. The reference to, um, to Picard not serving her Balerian Bel- canapes again, as those are her favourite, and Picard had some for her in Journey's End. Again, just those little touches that they add to just really just add a little bit extra to the episode. Um, it's nice to see how the friendship and respect between Picard and Roe has grown. It makes it actually heartbreaking when she joins the Marquis at the end and betrays him in Starfleet. Um, it's good to see a more in-depth look into the Marquis as Roe infiltrates one of the cells. And I thought it was quite sad um, the, the, the death of the old Marquis Farter, um, Macius, Macy's. I'm trying to pronounce his name because he became like a, I think he, I think he became like a father to Roe a little bit. I felt yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, what about you? Uh, what facts did you have? I'm going to cover some of what you said as well because I'm just going to read the lot. The Marquis ship is reused as a Bajoran raider ship for a raider first seen in the Deep Space Nine episode of Siege. I don't know about when things happen, so I've just put the, the, the this to this. Uh, an episode which would have set, set up Ro Laren's introduction on Deep Space Nine before she was replaced by Major Kira, as Jamie said. Lieutenant Commander Rolaren refers to as her instructor at the advanced tactical training who would have joined the Marquis, who was intended by the producers to be a reference to Chakotay. Because we can't get enough was... Chakotay. Yeah, I did tell you this on the phone, Jamie, you're amazed then, and you obviously forgot. Oh, wow. Well, Shannon Cochran no, would reprise her role as Kalana in the Space Nine episode Defiant. Again, that's something else you're amazed by. An episode. Designed to set up the Marquis for the Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Episode directed by Patrick Stewart, uh, which is why he's got a brief appearance in the episode. Uh, second appearance by Golovec, as you said. And there's some deleted scenes where Rolaren opens up to the Marquis members about life during Bajoran occupation. And the next extended observation lounge planning scene talking about how tactics, uh, tactics and how... Father with Markiel willing to go, yeah. Um, so the messages I've got a treaty isn't just a piece of paper, it's valid in helping to prevent wars and save lives, as you would say, peace is a worthy goal. Um, notion of being torn between two worlds, so row with her new life in Starfleet and her past with her experiences with the Cardassians. And I thought, and I also thought, kind of, no amount of training can kind of prepare you. It's like, you know, she's done all this training yet. She still feels conflicted, and she said she does join the marquee. Um, the importance of loyalty and what it means. Sometimes it's hard to let go of the past, no matter what. So for Roe, was why she joins the marquee. Um, um, gathering intelligence is crucial in understanding a group and infiltrating them. And I don't know if this would fit here. This 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 quote. But do you think this would fit, Sai? One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Why not? You it's your would... list, Jeremy. Would that, do you think that would fit into the themes of the episode? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure. I put it down anyway, but wasn't quite sure. Okay. But yeah, that's that's um, what I got. 
What about you? Uh, you always have a choice. There's no need to resort to violence. Things aren't always what they appear. Things don't turn out quite here, imagine. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Everyone deals with loss differently. If there's something wrong, take action. Things can change in an instant. So I went for that version this time. <laughs> Do what you think is right. I really did not know what to put for that. I was to put both. Everything, every decision we make has consequences. You have to be ingenuitive. Don't meet people and don't walk blindly into an obvious trap. That's everything. Yeah, I just, I think it's just, you know... Um, it, it gets like Journey's End. It's a fitting way to end... Rose character, I think, as you said earlier. It's just another addition to that list, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've always liked her anyways. I'm not, I mean, I don't know. Did your character kind of grow on you a bit in this episode? I know, I, I know you don't mind her as much as you used to, but I know you've never been massively fond of her, have you? I've always liked the episode. Mm. I don't I know what say, that says it... about the character, but I've always liked the episode. I mm. thought it was... It deals with an awful lot of subjects in a concise way. No, I do like the foster father thing in there and I again mm. I love the background of it all the background to it that never you know that could have been that mm. were tweet that you know kind of were never happened you know like such folklore you know the Shakote and oh she was going to be Deep Space Nine all that to it. I think that adds to it all yeah you know the I think I think Antiques is that provenance of it all I just love all that stuff hidden in the background and watching it you wouldn't have a clue but it's all in there all hidden in plain sight and it's just a I, I think again I think that works back into what I said in one of my other ones Leopard never changes its spots you know she was very disloyal at the beginning moulded a bit and then was disloyal at the end of it like mm. that's Ro Laren in a nutshell really just kind of yeah and I think I think the thing is that the reasoning behind you can see that conflict it's, throughout it's the natural, episode. Yeah, it? it's a very natural yeah. thing and it's not forced upon and something we have I haven't spoken about at all in this. I think the pacing in this and probably most of the episodes in this season is fantastic. Agreed. There's only a yeah. few episodes where I think you sit there where I think I I view that upon you sit looking at the clock forever. And I don't think I hardly ever did that in this season. Same, yeah. Which is but always a pace, view of quality. Yeah. Mm. As I said, I think I think season seven overall was one of the most strong seasons of next year. I'm not quite sure where I'd put it, but it's definitely up there. I, so, I, have, so, again, I have something to yeah. worry about for future Jamie for next year. Yeah. I think that is, yeah. but it's um, yeah, it's it's. I've always enjoyed it. It's just a very yeah. nice way. Again, it's that's why I love next year. It sets up an awful lot of things, and Voyager and Deep Space Nine took an awful lot from the back of next gen. And that's, think, that's why I have so much love for it, because... I think, you know, I think also that... Oh, sorry, still speak, gone. No, I've done. I just, <laughs> I think, you know, I think also... <laughs> sorry. Well, I think what I've also realised watching through Season 7 is I always knew that Next Gen had set up some things, but I think there was more set up than I <laughs> yeah. remembered. Yeah, Definitely. I think you, for years, you haven't believed me, and then we got to this season, it's like, uh-huh, yeah, I... Really, it is there. If you dig a bit, it is all there. You just kind of have to look for it a bit. Mm. That's that. That's um, why it is such a good series. I say, if it wasn't for next gen, I don't think 
particularly Deep Space Nine, maybe Voyager wouldn't have been a such a success if the groundwork hadn't been done in Next Gen. Mm, yeah, I can kind of see that point. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't not put it up. Um, Jamie, we're now going into new territory. We've never done a series finale. No, we haven't. And <laughs> this one couldn't be any more complicated if they tried. Yeah, and um, and to be fair to the audience, we haven't actually discussed how we would deal with all good things. So how are we going to deal with this? Because we've got three time periods. Are we going to do it all kit and caboodle? Or are we going to do it time period by time period or what? Cause... Uh, well, the way I did my notes, I actually did it even a bit differently. I've just loved part one, part one and two together. To uh, be yeah, I put both together because that's how I've always seen it. Um... I mean, I, I do reference... I mean, some of my notes do reference certain time periods, but it's more of a general thing. Mine's lit up like a Christmas tree, because I do have three different colours for these three different prime time periods. Well, maybe it's just best if we just stick to the way we've done it ourselves when we, when we talk about our notes then. And just... I have got to explain to the audience, my God, there's tons. My God. This is the most I've ever written for anything ever. Most of my season, my season review things per episode is facts, trivia, whatever you call it, is about half a page, and the rest is three M's. Um, yeah, no. Uh, this one, half a page of A4 is just trivia, with some deleted scenes on the other half, and then the other half a page is yeah. uh, the three M's. So we're going to be here for a while. Which is fine, you know. <laughs> this is the last episode. Um, who wants to read the synopsis for this one? Because it's kind of a one, isn't it? I think you well, should start. Let's, like, let's do half each. Um. Okay. Uh, uh, you, oh yes, yeah, that doesn't work because there's like two sentences. Go on, Sai. This is your series. Go for it. Okay. A disoriented Picard reports that he has been shifting from the past to. Two Pacific points in the past and future. Seven years ago, when he arrived aboard the Enterprise, and 25 years into the future, in his uh, final adventure, the next gen crew must battle to save history. I think you should probably introduce Emissary when we get to it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, you also have, well, it's not just to save history, it's to save humanity, and, well, your cues involved. That's what I mean, these synopses are not very good. Um, well, yeah, we've been signed up for seven years, but we still yeah. use them. But yeah, whatever. It it does what we need it to do, Jamie. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is obviously, of course, going up. You know. Well, it's yeah, um, it's kind of our favourite. But again, we we'll, we'll go via secondary choice as well. Although we yeah. still think we're going to end up with the same one. But whatever. It's uh, I've always loved this show. It, for years, it's confused me no end. Because you can rewatch it every time and come up with something completely different, but that's yeah, why I love it. I think you know. I remember again. I think we've mentioned this before, but I'm going to say it again. It just brings back fond memories of when I was. I think. I think we. Did, I did watch it around yours. It's like a series for an hour. If you said, you know, you've got to watch it together. And it's like you have any questions, Jamie? Ask me. I think we must have been pausing. I must have been every few minutes. Like, okay, what's going on? And then I loved at certain points when a revelation was real. I think. I think one of them was when. You know about the anomaly in the Devron system, and I think it's in two of the time periods. And I looked at Simon, Simon looked at me grinning. I was thinking, yeah, that's not a coincidence. There's definitely something going on here. And just, yeah, I just, 
it's a fantastic episode that, that, that doesn't treat us the audience like idiots do you know what i mean it's actually it makes us think for ourselves in in an intelligent way and and even now i think i think i get it but even now i'm still a bit unsure like i know the um, whole thing about basically it's a predestination paradox yeah where and obviously... the future where the three because i actually i do vaguely understand it these days the tetron beams interact with each other which causes the money that they're actually searching for that causes anti-time to erupt, which causes um, it to transfer back through the timeline to ultimately beginning of life on Earth, evolving, and it goes crack, yeah. crack, oops, and it stops. So yeah. uh, Picard has that's to it. stop that. And that's That why, has and that's taken why... many, many years of me years. trying to understand it and then trying to I'm tell glad, it. I'm glad, sorry. Because I think, I think the bit I was kind of thinking about was about the past thing, about the whole life on Earth. But And as you say, the, and that's why the anomaly is bigger in the past, isn't it? I've always loved this one. It's Because I love that it's different from the other finales. It's different from what we leave behind, which I have a few certain issues with. I have one kind of issue with this one, but there's not much they could have done with it. It's one way... I think I've said it well, loads of times, but it's... It's, it's one thing as well that they, they decided not to do, which I think helped. It's sort of saving we... grace, yeah. Well, one of us will say it, because it's, it, it's quite it's... well known in the franchise what they were planning yeah, it, to do. It, it's basically, it was there was meant to be four, it was meant to be a fourth timeline where it would be from the best of both worlds. And I'm glad they didn't include that, because that would have been just too much. Three timelines was more than enough, so... Because I think if you'd added that full one, it just would have been far too convoluted. Um, yeah, can I can I build on that, Jeremy? Yeah, go for it, yeah. Early drafts of the story included a fourth timeline from the Best of Both Worlds um, episode at the Battle of Wolfrift 9 with Picard as Lucutus, which this is where it gets weird. And I, I do note in my notes, it did ultimately get used in, in Emissary. So it did actually find a home somewhere. Which I find, if you think about it, because it, that's how it starts, Emissary. Mm. So it didn't end Next Gen, but it began Deep Space Nine. So I feel like they were in the same sort of period, because I think they were working on this probably a year ahead of time. Um, and this is where it gets really a bit kooky, and I'd, re I'd look up on it. If you're really intrigued, because I only noted down part of it, but it gets even kookier than what I've got written down here. Uh, because he gets saved with the help of Hugh, which I don't get how that works, and Jamie didn't either when I told him. But no, that just no, because in fact, it was to the best of both worlds. Hugh's later, so in eyeball, like two years later. Go so and go and things. look it up online. You can find where it says it all, and the rest of the Ridge Crew's even stranger than what I've just said there. But I, yeah, I just thought that was enough information already. Um. Oh, there's so much I could cover in this. Do I just go for it? Sorry, go talk away. Once you're done, I'll do mine after. So go talk away. It's fine. I am gonna do it past, present, future stuff. I th I feel like. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, out of it, there's a few other odd bits that I'm gonna try and do. I d I don't know. We've never done this before. Um. Oh yes, P production on Star Trek Generations begun while all good things was being filmed. In some of the things you hear that Jana Troy, um, no, Rina Cersei says that they started work for her three days after I finished all good things. So that gives you just a bit of timing just to show you how quick turnaround was from all good things in generations. 
Um, because Generations, they were doing all the Enterprise B scenes. So nothing really with the next-gen crew. Uh, Q's chair and robes are different from Encounter at Farpoint as they were lost or destroyed. I can't remember. It's something that we heard from Richard Arnold back in, well, back nine years ago in 2012. I can't remember. I didn't have a chance to listen to the episode, but they're lost or they were destroyed or misplaced or something. I can't remember for the life of me. Um, Um... Oh yeah, All Good Things is a more advanced version of the Star Trek animated series episode, The Counterclock Incident. Um, something I've heard from something we heard ages ago on the Make It So podcast, is Q trying to tell Picard that the Q are humans from the far future? Which I think is a very interesting thought. Right, everything from the past now then. The footage of 2364 Riker reporting is... Reporting in is... A reused shot taken from the Arsenal of Freedom, which I've probably said numerous times. A cut line from 2364 would have established Dr. Salah was aboard and was acting as Chief Medical Officer prior to Dr. Crusher's arrival. Oh, this is oh, this is a beautiful reference I never noticed before. The shuttlecraft that Picard first boards the Enterprise, uh, Enterprise D. In, is called Galileo, a reference back to the famous shuttle used in the original series. Uh, C's return of Kulimini as Chief O'Brien and um, Denise Crosby as Tadashi. Yeah, this is where I have a small inkling of the problem. Where yeah. I've said it numerous times to you, Jamie, this won't be news to you, but it's where Denise Crosby actually looks older than she appears in season one, but they couldn't have done anything about it. But that's the like, smidgiest yeah. thing that I have a problem with. Um, That's fair enough. Oh yeah, there's a subtle reference back to Booby Trap and Chief O'Brien's Chief O'Brien's interest in model Starship engines. And finally, for this path, there's deleted scenes where Picard. What? Yeah. Banter's with the. Oh yes. Oh yeah. That's another kit part. Cattle of fish. Oh god. Yes. Um. Where a Picard. Banters or battles, ban- banters, I think it's banters, because I can't read my writing either, with the pilot of a Telerium plague ship, which is part of a deleted subplot, which Jamie probably has no idea about. Uh, that would be correct. If you remember, there's word about a fleet of ships going to Anomaly in each period of time. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. In the past, it's. Telerian plague ships that are going there because of its healing properties. Mm. Um, the next, the uh, second deleted scene is um, the fact that they hear word that its children are being healed. Basically, twenty-three children are healing. I think that's all I wrote for that one. Oh my God, this takes forever. Present. Um, Commander Tomlock's last appearance was in the Defector. That's nice and simple. I think that the Wolf Troy romance in Season 7 is set up just to cause a bit of tension in this episode. Uh, the steamed hot milk toddy with nutmegs Aunt Adele's recipe is a subtle reference back to the cause and effect and schisms. Oh, this this is a, a typically next-gen 
uh, reference. One of the ships Starfleet sends out is the USS Bozeman, first seen in Cause and Effect, because that even gets called out in um, Generations as well. Uh, one of my favourite scenes in Star Trek Next Generation is the final The Sky's the Limit poker game. I, I think that's beautifully done. The two deleted scenes is Geordie and Data speculate about what their lives might be like in 25 years' time working as they're working on the tachyon beam controls and engineering. Uh, extending Extended Geordie's eye scene extra exposition. And finally, there's a few more points on the future. The USS Passer Bridge is a redress of the mercenary bridge scene in Gambit, as I said earlier. Uh, oh, this is funny. Rick Sternback, designer of the Enterprise D, hates what they did for the Enterprise D future modifications to it. He, he absolutely hates it. We just didn't like it. Because he thought it looks natural and then they completely throttled it by adding all the bits to it. What do you think? Never bothered me, but I didn't design the thing, so... Can you imagine it? You've designed this beautiful car and then someone goes around and completely redesigns it and makes it all look boxy. Can you imagine that? It's that whole Yeah, I, I, can imagine, I, can, I can imagine not being too thrilled about it. Now, this surprised me because I did a bit of good... As I referred to earlier, the events of Season 7 take place during Season 2 of um, Deep Space Nine, right? Yep. This really surprised me. I did a bit of digging into this because it's Starship related. Twenty three. 95 timeline, it's the first appearance of the Negvar warship. It's been slightly modified, but it basically is the first appearance before you see it, before it appears in Way of the Warrior. How kooky is that? That is, that is pretty kooky. Yeah. <laughs> and the only deleted scene is extended Picard wandering the Enterprise D uh, scene, trying to get to Tenford, uh, an unused camera shot. Effectively, nothing really exciting, and I'm proud to say that is everything I wrote down, minus the morals, messages, and meanings. Okay, um, <laughs> right. So, are you good? No, are good you say. good to carry on from that, or? Yeah, of course. Have, yeah. Um, have you got loads? Uh, well, in terms of like things I liked about fourteen, yeah. Um, so I love the opening scene with Wolf and Troy coming out of the holodeck and she berates him for his adjective for describing a nice time on the holodeck as stimulating. He says, very stimulating. Very stimulating. Um, shocking twist. I love the shocking. Again, if you're looking at this from a first time kind of perspective, shocking twist of Picard coming up to Troy and Wolf saying he's moving backwards and forwards through time. As you say, nice to see a mix of old characters like Tasha, Chief O'Brien and Q. Excellent performances across the cast, especially... Um, Patrick Stewart. Um, love the sets and the makeup. Looks really impressive, especially the future timeline. Oh Great yes, what... uh, Michael Westmore had issues trying to age up um, um, Gates McFadden because really? her skin's so good, and yeah, I... and all the women hate getting aged makeup. I think you did an excellent job. Uh, if, well, you know, Wolf, um, Picard. Um, oh blimey um, Riker did a brilliant job including Beverly as well yeah um, great mystery of what's going on and why with Picard moving through time and the spatial anomaly in the Devon system and the fact Picard will be the cause of the destruction of humanity I love how the finale goes full circle at the end of the series where Q delivers his final verdict 
Squad and Humanity, which just started in the pilot, obviously. Um, oh, bloody hell. Um, oh, God. So, a catch at Farpoint. Blimey. Oh, that, was, that, was, that was lucky. Um, uh, cool time travel concepts of multiphasic temporal convergence of the space-time continuum of normal time and anti-time. I like that the episode treats its audience with intelligence, so trying to work out what is going on. So I just love that using the ships to fly into the anomaly to create a static warp shell between time and anti-time, which will help repair the anomaly and the normal flow of time. Good use of seeing how the future might pan out, so Beverly and Picard in a relationship that ends badly, along with Wolf and Riker's fighting due to Troy's death. Picard having a defect in his brain in the present timeline that could give Iremodic syndrome, which happens in the future timeline. Um, I thought it was a terrific speech from Picard in the past time period to his crew of why they need to trust him and carry out his orders, despite them him being a new captain to them and then being kept in the dark. Um, I like how the title refers to the end of the show and the full circle as Q says, all good things must come to an end. Um, it comes, like... it's a quote from something. I didn't notice it down yeah. what it is, but it is actually a quote from something. It definitely is. I'm not quite sure where myself. I didn't note um, it down, but it it is again. Look that up if you're interested. Um, I like it explores the possibilities of the unknown. Is what defines us humanity. And as you said earlier, I love the ending of where Picard finally joins the crew in playing poker. He has never done it before, and he wishes he had. Oh, it's especially when... beautiful. It's just oh, it's just a lovely scene. Especially when Deanna says, "You were always welcome." Yeah, yeah as you say. It's a it's a it's a fantastic final scene. It, it was perfect, perfect way to end it. Um, and in terms of dislikes, nothing. It all worked. So I had nothing I disliked. Um, do you want to go? Do you want to say what the messages you found were? I found loads. Gone. You've heard them many times, but I found loads that are. Go on. One final time for next gen. You always have a choice. Treat people how you'd like to be treated. I think that's kind of wolf, um, wolf Riker thing. If you yeah. need support, ask for it. Needs of the many outweigh the needs of one or the few. You have to be willing to forgive and forget. Things don't turn out quite how you imagine. Do what you think is right. Things can change in an instant. Say I went for that though, this time. If there's something wrong, take action. Help can come in the most unlikeliest places, so cue. If you want to find something out, ask a question. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone deals with loss in a different way. Cherish the time you have with friends and family. You never know it will be gone. Uh, a problem shared is a problem halved. You only live once. YOLO. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. Every decision we make has consequences. Don't give up so easily. There's a solution to every problem. You have to be ingenuitive and no one is ever forgotten. And that is everything. Uh, so for me, <laughs> I've, I've only got eight points. And probably not as much as you. But um, So it taps into the idea of mental health and showing the calm of the mind. So in the future timeline, Picard has Iremodic Syndrome. But as he proves, even with old age and illness, the mind can still remain as sharp as ever. And I, I think I kind of felt like Iremodic Syndrome is kind of the equivalent of dementia. It's Yeah, they're all going for this may all be in his mind. This may all mm. be just a wild goose chase. So mm. then I think they needed that in there just to kind of make it, it a bit more kind of iffy for the future section. Mm, definitely agree. Um, the future is not written in stone. It is what we make it and we can change it any time. We are, we are what we are and we are doing the best we can. It's because there's the cue. You can't second guess yourself in an unknown situation. You need to trust yourself and deal with the situation as it occurs. Honour and loyalty are sometimes more important than rules and regulations. Classic one, rules were made to be broken. So in the future timeline, Wolf breaks 
the rules and regulations to let the USS Pasteur across the border into the neutral zone. Make the most of what time you have. You never know what might happen. So Riker regretted never being with the timeline as she passes away. And sometimes you have, and this 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 sums up what we're saying about Picard's speech in the part in the in the past. Sometimes you have to take a leap of faith and trust in someone or something, even if you don't have all the answers to what's going on. That's all I got. I. <sighs> I've loved doing these season reviews. They're an awful lot of work and effort, but I... It's been worth it, Sire. It's been worth it. And I, I, I've loved the fact that we've done this. Yes, I know there's been times where we felt a bit fatigued, particularly last year, but I've truly enjoyed doing these. And, 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 and even though, in a way, it's nice that we've done Next Gen, in a way, it's kind of... It's it's, I find, yeah, I, that's, that's the one thing I have with it. And it is very, very sad. And I... I I think the thing that's alarming me most is we are back to square one again. Yes. That, that is the scariest thing. That, that... Yeah, I mean, I think we'll probably talk, probably once we've decided what we're going to pick, I think we'll probably talk a bit about what will be happening next year, won't we? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll explain what's going on with that. I think Jamie has some ideas, but I'll, I'll go into yeah. a bit more detail um, and explain. Because there, there but... are plans in the work. I know what we're doing with it. Um, it's I have enjoyed it. It's very interesting watching it with your season review hat on. Mm. It really changes yeah, your opinion I mean, on episodes. Like I won't I see because I know we'll probably do this next year. But like I found with certain seasons, like I like say season four, I found was better than I remember, and five. But then I found season six, I actually found was quite disappointing. But then you've got season seven, which I've actually really enjoyed quite a lot. Because the ref, the, the writing was, I think, consistently better in this season. For whatever reason, you would think that it's near the end, so you'd think it would drop off more than six. But for whatever reason, maybe it's because they knew it was the last season. Like, let's go out on a hurrah. Let's really now this down. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's lived up to my journey. expectations. I think. Yeah, like I said, you know, um, and. Oh, it's just been fantastic doing this for the last seven years. It will be nice to take a break next year. We are still doing something in terms of equivalent of relating to this, but it's not going to be as taxing. Um, but it's been a fantastic journey, and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, and, you know, the first, I said the first um, three, three, and it's been lovely, and, and, you know, and even though it's been us most of the time, I think it's, it'll be nice, it's nice to point, you know, that we did do two seasons with uh, Phil, didn't we? Us, And then we did three with Sarah, didn't we? the Trekkie Girls which was which was also really quite lovely um, I know from kind of four to now it's just been us two but I just thought it'd been just nice to kind of just mention that as well um, and yeah I'm just glad you kind of because I think my initial idea was oh yeah we should do it twice a year no no I know you kind of shot me down with that straight away so it's like no Jamie that's just too much and you were right it, doing this once a year is more than enough so I'd, yeah, I'd, so, you know, thank you for listening to all of the wrestling rambling on for what feels like yeah. hours because it has been hours for us. It, you know, it, you know you what guys. you've what you've heard is pretty much real time minus the occasional edit here and there. But yeah, and, you we know, have been here, and I can look at my clock. That's uh, four hours. Yeah, pretty much of just it, and I. We every year we we say it, but we do struggle. We it's struggle to get into it, and then when you're in there, after about three or four episodes, you go, "This actually isn't half bad, actually." No, and the thing, and the thing as well, I'd like to say as well is, you know, obviously, I think the first, I think it was the first three. They were rough, the first few. Yeah, because I think 
because well the thing is don't get me wrong it was great having phil and sarah there as well don't get me wrong it's great having other perspectives but they really did add a lot to the time um and the other thing as well obviously we did it we recorded it all at once so it, it wasn't until season four where we started that's why us to split it into two parts and, and i know at first i think we did say we were you know we we, we were going to do it because that's what you guys wanted. But me and Simon, we weren't quite sure about it. But I, I actually, personally, for me, I can actually say I think it's better doing it this way. I actually prefer it. I don't know about you, so if you've kind of changed your mind on it, but I, I certainly have. So I think it's I actually prefer doing it this way in two parts. Well, you know, but, um, for us, it actually doesn't mean that much. It means more for you guys because effectively we just record true, it. But kind of. But it is. It is nice because you said we do. I'm not, I'm not. We didn't so much for this one. I think you know we have in the past taken a little like ten fifteen minute break. I think we just kind of we just like immediately onto it, which is fine. But I, I prefer it personally. But that that's just me. Isn't it? Um, yeah, just thank you for listening to it. It's been a. It's. I I like doing it every year. It's a nice way for me to finish, kind of my half. half. Of yeah. Um, um. And you know. It's. And, and, yeah, yeah. Just to say, thank you for listening. Uh, it's been, yeah, it has been a journey. It, it's, it really has, and it's, it's, it is a nice journey's end, as it were. <laughs> kind yeah, of like yeah, Wesley's, and it's yeah. just. And just, I'm, I'm glad we did next gen first. Same, and you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm obviously really excited because next we're going to be doing DS Nine. Yay! Uh, in a couple but of years. I don't think it would have um, been right starting with Deep Space Nine. No, the, no Next no, Gen just no. seemed like the natural place to start for me and, and for a... you and for Phil and Sam when they were around. For, yeah, to I start think... with, because it is the most I, uh, easiest to start with. And I think also what, what's important is some of the stuff that's set up in DS9 and Voyager is set up in TNG first, so you kind of need to go with that. And I, I think, think that it's... it's a, Nixon's my favourite, so we've covered that now. Now we're moving on to Jamie's favourite. So I think it's only right. I think it's safe to say we don't quite know because it's so far in advance what we're going to do after Deep Space Nine because we may, we currently, we, we feel like we may mix it up somewhere. We may actually go in a completely different direction. We may skip Voyager and go somewhere else. Yeah, we. I know we, we discussed, I think it was either TOS or Enterprise. I'm that was more... Stuff. I'm moving more towards Enterprise, you feel. Me, I, but... I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm the same. So, because don't get me wrong, we could, Voyager seems like a natural thing, but and it's great, but it's like we want a shorter year. We want a shorter, we want a shorter series review. And so, as I said to Jamie recently, it'd be nice to have a newer show to look at again, because again. both of those, all the ones that we've looked up, we will have looked up to that point will have been late nineties. 90s and early 2000s whereas it'd be nice to have a full early 2000s show to look at because that's going to have totally different style to it definitely and i think and just to brief i think with enterprise as well i think that's oddly enough i know it's going to be yonks before we even go there but i think it's actually a show that has aged really well i really do think that's a show that has actually aged. yeah as i said before jamie after DS9, we are talking about the next decade, which is just yeah. scary. Mm. Um, yeah, with all that said, I need to say thank you for listening. We've enjoyed it. And hopefully you have gleaned something, God knows what, from all of this. But <laughs> I, um, I think we have. But shall we discuss, because we've been putting this off, what are you choosing? 
Because so I, well, shit, I know. Usually, we, we, let's go over what we've chosen first, because I know you love doing that anyhow. Yeah. So we both. So we. I think we put. We both put up um, Dark Page, yeah. Inheritance, yeah. Pegasus, yeah. Lower Decks, yeah. Journey's End. You put up Firstborn, Firstborn, and Emergence, yeah. and we both put up Preemptive Strike and all good things. Um. Well, for me, it was obviously <laughs> all good things. And for me, it was a toss-up between Dark Page and Lower Decks. Oh, um, oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Okay, right, we're going to that, because I think we may actually not be on the same page. Because um, for me, they were both very big emotional episodes. But for me, because it actually had, had, had an impact from the past and the kind of whole Cardassian thing in the future a little bit, I'm going to go for Lower Decks. That's the one I picked, Lower Decks. We haven't gone for the same one, Jeremy. I don't know whether oh. you're sad or whether you're proud or not. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued. I, I, I thought that's what you... What, so what are you going for then? Oh, actually, can I try and guess? Um, Can I say you're right oh. on one episode? But I'm not telling you which. I don't know with me why it always ends up being a guessing game. I don't know. I, I just realised that. I don't know. I think it's just... Because it's fun. I, I, I think, yeah, I think... Well, I think okay, which one do you think? Because it was down to two. You're correct with that, and you have said one of them, but which one? Dark Page. Correct. So that's one of them. But which one do you think it was against? And is that... I take it that's the one you've ultimately picked, no, the other one. the other one, yeah. You picked the other one, so it's not... Oh, ooh, mm. Firstborn? No. Mm. Emergence? Nope. Journey's End? Journey's End, yeah. Oh, is that the one you went for yeah. in the end? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, that's, I'm pleasantly surprised. I thought you'd go for Lower Decks. I thought, no, I'm pleasantly surprised. Like, so, yeah, what is it for you then? Was it just kind of the just kind of the impact it has and just the end of Wesley's it, journey, that kind of thing? The journey of Wesley's journey of next gen. Mm, yeah. Because my issue with Lower Decks, I love Lower Decks, mm. but it actually, it's too self-contained mm, yeah I can understand that whereas Journey's End for Wesley is his journey from season 1 which is very poetic for yeah. next gen mm. it's nice to see him kind of go and do his own thing it's just a very again it's all the emotion built up in that one as well and have the traveller return that's why I chose that one but yeah, yeah, that, that's that's why that. I chose that one. That, that's why it was between those two. Is why do you go for Troy or do you go for Wesley? Was what my thought process was. Because again, with me, it was all about what's had the greatest journey. Again, it's all like the journey they've had. What's you know, like you know the kind of what happens after and all that sort of thing that I've been doing the whole time I've been doing this and it was all about kind of do I either go for Troy's journey and learning about a new sister or do I go for Wesley's journey of kind of which I think has had more of an impact yeah I can understand that so I think you know I think you know for me if it hadn't been journey if it hadn't been lower decks I probably would have even gone for data uh, data dark page or probably journey's end myself i can completely understand and to be honest the way you kind of described it i never really thought of it that way so i can completely understand that so yeah it's it's just what i thought it's just what i take it you weren't surprised by mine 
No, I, I thought we were on the same page, so I kind of... Oh. That's why it's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I just for me, it was just Lower Decks. I, mean, I do love Journeys, and I think it's a fantastic episode, but um, I think for me, I've just found... Again, I think for you, I think it's probably also, as you said, because Next Gen is very close to your heart. So as you said, where, where's, for you, Wesley's journey parallels kind of Next Gen's journey. So I can kind of, I, can, I think... I think that's why it probably you you would choose that more than I probably would. Just that word it doesn't make sense. I think it, I think that would be more your first choice than it would mine. That's about you know because of that reason. So I, I completely understand where you're coming from, Sai. I can I, I, I completely understand that. So so yeah, guys. In the end, it's obviously the main thing. Obviously, all good things. But our secondary choices would be for me would be um, lower decks, and for Simon would be journey's end. So there you go. Um, I, I, and I think that's nice. It does cover, in some ways, all bases. And what, what, what do you mean? Two episodes rather than just one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I think probably the best oh, thing to go on to... Yeah. Future. Yes. Next year. Okay. So next year. So we're at season seven. There's no rest to go for next year. So what's going to happen is... As you remember, we recently had that episode with Clive and the fun I had with him, which was a really fun episode. Go and listen to it if you haven't, because just two people losing it very quickly. Um, well, it was fun to edit and listen to, actually. That, that was obviously a new slot for us. We'd never used that before. Well, in some ways, that was a kind of setup for next year, because next year we're going to have two episodes, one in that slot and one in the... Um, season reviews slot where it usually ends up or at least for part one there's going to be two episodes there's going to be a series review episode that we are desperately trying to figure out what we're going to do with it but it's going to be us reviewing the last seven years and seeing what we can glean from what we've done yeah. effectively we're still working on what ways we can do that but I think we're... I think it's kind of the themes we've picked up on maybe maybe I'm, I'm not sure be it because it's, it's a bit kind of, a of what, what we can learn from our choices things we'd yeah. like to change if we could go back because I, I, I already know there's one that I would maybe go back and change what I would recommend for and, a season and maybe and maybe just picking out maybe one of our I'm not sure we'll do like an order thing, but maybe picking up one of our favourite seasons of Next Gen overall or something like that. I don't that. know, but we'll figure that out in the next year and but work it, that out for next will, year. It will mean that we, it's great as well because we do an overall one. It means we do we won't be watching any for any Next Gen. So uh, any like any like in terms of like reviewing episodes, which would be kind of nice. So it'd be nice to take a break from that. And the um, other episode is. A binder that I bought from Rick Sternbeck online off eBay years ago, which is like production notes on Star Trek The Next Generation. All the tidbits in the series that you probably wouldn't know about. So I thought it would be interesting to go through that, because it's filled with like thousands of sheets of paper. It's, it goes on forever about small parts of... Star Trek Next Generation that ne you don't really know about that isn't publicly known so we're going to do an episode on that where it's us I'm going to look through it and find bits of interest to me and Jamie's going to do the same for him and we're just basically going to talk through it and just kind of see what we can find in there because I haven't looked through it in the years and I just think that's a very fitting way where we can go back and kind of retroactively 
add stuff to what we've said previously and go, oh, I never knew so-and-so about this thing. Like, I remember one page that I do know about is there's a graph in there that's like all the shuttle graphs that are named on the Enterprise D because you only ever see about four. But that you hear, you know all the shuttle crafts in there, and you see the routes to the shuttle bays in there. So it it's going to be really interesting to see because I'm going to pick very starshipy things. I imagine James is probably going to be very plot heavy. So it's going to be interesting oh, yeah. to pick and choose what what we choose out of it, and just sit there and chat away for a, an hour or so. So we two very like nonchalant episodes, just to kind of. Yeah, completely then, do with next, next gen, gen here. And then in twenty twenty three, we'll start. Um, we're we'll starting start back square one. DS nine season one. Obviously, with it being nineteen episodes, we're not sure if we're going to be able to do it in one off. We're splitting into two parts. We may ask you guys what you think. We don't know, but it's a couple of years down the line yet. So, obviously, this also marks the end of Simon's part half of the year. And then in September, it will be back to me. Um, obviously, we're going to be obviously on our hiatus. Um, we don't have any extra episodes planned this year, do we? So for hiatus, we're taking a, I think a well-deserved break after, particularly after. Don't get me wrong, it was fantastic doing all those extra episodes last year, but I think we're taking it. We've been taking it a bit more easy this year, and we're going to have a hiatus this year, aren't we, Sorry. Well, what what episode are we starting off the, your half with, Jamie? That will be um, uh, season one of uh, retrospective of Lower Decks. And oddly enough, uh, Lower Decks is coming back um, 16th of August. So keep an eye out for that. And I'm sure we'll do an episode on that uh, sometime next year. Yeah. Well, probably next, probably in the same slot. Then this this year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, we. I said we hope you enjoyed, guys. I said we know our probably sign off after we finished our review was probably a bit longer than usual, but we felt like we, we you know, we wanted to kind of just cover all our bases, and just kind of. As I said it's an end of an era, kind of in a way, isn't it? You know. So, but yeah, I've I've really enjoyed doing this. I'm looking forward to next year. So taking it a little bit easier and doing. I said the retro. I said the overall kind of look back over the series, and, and said Simon mentioned about the the other tidbits as well. I'm not sure what you, have you come up with a title for that other episode yet? The the one you mentioned, but it is what it is. Like it's it is what it Star is. Star Trek technical TNG binder, bind, like TNG yeah. Binder facts. TNG binder facts, something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, and yeah, we'll see you guys. Well, probably I'll say what just over a month for our um, first episode of September, which will be Lower Decks retrospective season one. Yeah. Bye. Bye.